He is a Denver native born of Denver natives. A former Denver chief deputy district attorney, he is now an active Colorado trial lawyer. Bright, independent, and full of fun, he has been part of the media for decades. This is The Craig Silverman Show. What a world, what a life, what a day. Saturday, August 5, 2023. Dick Wadhams in the house. On an eventful week, the big one. Jack Smith brings a smart four-count indictment. Indictment number three. This one in Washington, D.C. This is the one that is serious. Donald Trump subverting democracy. It's not like Jack Smith could not have charged more. He could have charged a lot of people. He could have thrown in hundreds of counts. But why complicate things? And he brought in the violence. Some poor legal analysts say, look, Trump had nothing to do with the violence. The allegation of Jack Smith, Donald Trump used the violence to try to achieve his awful, fraudulent ends, claiming the presidency even though he knew he had lost. Now, how does a prosecutor prove what's in somebody's brain? Well, how about if you accuse somebody of a rape and then they claim an alibi and you can prove that the alibi is a bunch of bullshit? Would that be good evidence for you, MAGA legal analysts? Of course it would be. Honest people don't make up phony alibis. They don't need to. Look what Donald Trump did to Ruby Freeman and her daughter, Shea Moss. These two black female election workers in Fulton County falsely accused. Rudy Giuliani, they got together on November 14, 2020. What happens right after that? Well, the hounds are unleashed, especially in Colorado, Jenna Ellis runs to the Dan Kaplan show, screams, stop this deal, send money here. Meanwhile, Joe Oltman, who was with Rudy Giuliani at the Willard Hotel January 6th, you can look it up. He comes back to Colorado claiming Dominion voting systems and a guy named Eric Coomer cheated Trump out of the presidency. Pretty soon, Trump's tweeting about that. That's a paragraph of Jack Smith's indictment. And who took Joe Oltman to Denver AM radio, to George Brockler, to Peter Boyles? Why, it was Randy Corcoran who put him on his show first. Joe Oltman, who's getting sued by Eric Coomer. Randy Corcoran, who's getting sued by Eric Coomer. Randy Corcoran, who is now the attorney for the Colorado GOP, along with a guy named John Eastman, conspirator number two. Wow, the Colorado connections are huge. And I talk about them all with Dick Wadhams, who is the most successful Republican strategist in modern Colorado history. And he has taken on Donald Trump, and I love him for it. A stalwart Republican who realizes Donald Trump is terrible. I don't ask him to commit to not voting for Trump or to convert to the Democrat Party or unaffiliated. 
I want him fighting for the heart and soul of the Republican Party. Right now, it seems like he's losing, but Dick Wadhams is a winner. He calls them the way he sees them as a farm boy from Los Animas, got Wayne Allard in, John Thune in, but he has never been a MAGA man. Not really. He voted for him, but now he's turned and he wants anybody but Donald Trump for the Republican Party, and he sees his culpability on January 6th. Now, as I speak on Friday evening for the Saturday morning publication, episode 160, Donald Trump has put his foot in it again, saying, if you come after me, I'm coming after you, all caps, on his truth social, and it feels like a threat. And the remedy may be a show cause hearing. I tweeted that out. I have thousands of views now. But any prosecutor would know that the next step is to put it before the judge, Judge Tanya Chetkin, the 10-year vet, the Obama appointee, approved 95 nothing by the Senate. What a great judge I hope she's going to be. And a wise judge would call on the defendant Trump and say, hey, What's this all about? Seems like a threat. Explain to me how it's not. Now, they may come up with some creative defenses. Hell, I'm a lawyer, and I'll help out just for grins. Hey, Judge, this is Donald Trump. He won't talk, but his lawyers will. But let's pretend Donald Trump will talk. You know, last week I pretended I was part of a three-way conversation with Peter Boyles and Dick Wadhams, and soon... I'm part of a real conversation with Dick Wadham, so these things can happen. But let me be Donald Trump before Judge Chetkin. Hey, Judge, I have a political race to run. I'm running for president. My platform is I am your retribution. I'm a retributionist. I have to say stuff like that. I'm coming after you if you come after me. How else can I run on this platform? Or I could try this. Your Honor, when I said, I'm coming after you if you go after me or words to that effect, I'm playing golf a lot. And I'm determining the order on the tee box that if you go first, I'll go second. And it's all just the kind of locker room talk that you would know about if you played golf. Or here it is, Judge. How about this? When I said... If you come after me, I'm going to go after you. It's what I did in Iowa when I held open that ice cream shop door and let some kids come in. It's a nice reference. Or how about this, Judge? You know what I think? I think it's really courteous to let the woman go first. And I was talking sexually. I don't want to get too graphic here, Judge, but put it together talking about if you come after me, then I'll go after you. You know, come on. That's just sex talk, and you can't punish that. Not in America, not where I live. And did you see all that graffiti when I came from the plane to your court? I don't care if the reporters checked the route and said there wasn't any. I know it's there, because I am the great Donald Trump, and I'm baiting you, Judge Tanya Chetkin. Just try throwing me in jail. You know, they did that. With a guy named Hitler back in the 30s, just made him stronger. Made him a best-selling author. Just saying, Judge. Holy cow. Let me drop that premise now. 
and get back to the show. Dave Gunders, our troubadour, weighs in with a beautiful song called All That Water, and the flood is coming down on Donald Trump. Expect indictment number four, or maybe you could call it five with the superseding down in Florida. Anyway, Fulton County is coming. All that water is going to pour on the head of Donald J. Trump, former president of the United States, serial criminal. When I prosecuted Quentin Wortham, you know, the FBI down in Atlanta had to help us. It's okay to cooperate. Bonnie Willis, she's going to lower the boom, not just on Trump, but on all of his accomplices and accessories after the fact. This is going to get good. And I get to do the legal analysis. And this week, I get to do it with Dick Wadhams. Dick Wadhams has really a lot to say, and we talked for a long time about nearly everything. But we get around to Trump and his opposition. Genuinely offended like we were by January 6th, Dick Wadhams has taken a bold stand. And boy, are the Trumpers leveling, name-calling, and worse at Dick Wadhams, who's, I don't know, too old and grizzled to be too concerned about it. He did say that Dave Williams isn't getting any more money, not to give $50,000 to John Eastman and Randy Corcoran to file a hopeless lawsuit in federal court and a 250k budget. Where's that money coming from? What's going on with the Republican Party? When we come back, there is no better person to talk to about the Colorado Republican Party than its former chairman and the most successful guy in its modern history, Dick Wadhams. Hey, if you like this show, please tell a friend, subscribe, five stars, pass it around, share it. This is an excellent episode, 160, entitled Dick Wadhams. It's hot in here. Did that toaster catch on fire? It wasn't that. You choked on that bite of burnt bagel. Why is everything all red? The heat is unbearable. Where am I? Excuse me, your dishonor. May I step in on behalf of my client? Mr. Silverman, proceed. Tell me one redeeming good thing your client did. He was a faithful listener to my radio show. Not good enough. He had decency and compassion for his family. He did end-of-life planning with Michael Bailey. The Michael Bailey? That is kind to your loved ones. That is smart and way too decent for this place. Your client can go. And what about me, your despicableness? Why should I? Michael Bailey is my lawyer, too. Go on, then. Get out of here. (laughs) Now, part of that was serious, and part of that was fictional. But you will die someday, and if you don't make a legal plan, the government will make one for you. Call my lawyer, Michael Bailey. His rates are reasonable, and he can meet with you and your spouse wherever you want, and on weekends and evenings. 720-394-6887 or online at mblaw.com. LLC.com. Now back to the Fred Silverman Show. Hey, being a lawyer is a matter of judgment. You have to know the law, the facts, but good judgment is essential. If you don't understand how Donald Trump is culpable for the crimes committed in his name, then I question your judgment. I have the good judgment to question Donald Trump. If you want a lawyer like that, instead of a knucklehead who believes in the MAGA propaganda, call Craig, 303-734-7156, 303-734-7156. I am Craig, 
Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. Now this is exciting for me. I haven't seen Dick Wadhams in a long time, but we go way back. I showed him not just around my home studio. I showed him around my home. I showed him around my neighborhood because he knows things. He's slightly older than me. It's Colorado <laughs> native. He's won more Republican races as a manager of candidates than anybody I know in Colorado history. But he's not limited to Colorado. He knows about Montana, South Dakota, Virginia. He's been everywhere, man. He's a Republican political consultant of uh, incredible reputation, especially nowadays. Dick Wadhams, thanks a lot for coming to my home studio and agreeing to do a long-form podcast. Oh, Craig, thank you so much. This will be a lot of fun, and I appreciate you asking me. Yes, and you also are a columnist for the Gazette. How yes. long have you been doing that? Uh, it's been about a year now, a little over a year. And then um, before that, I wrote for two years for the Denver Post. Yes, and you are excellent. Thank especially you. as you go against the tide. I like that. And you are an excellent writer. And you have Colorado experience through and through. So have you been keeping up with me? I have. <laughs> what do you know? What? Do, how, be, how do you keep up with me? I haven't seen you on. Well, I know as you're, a plaintiff or a defendant on any of my cases. No, I've not, I haven't done that. I just know you're still uh, one of Colorado's premier lawyers. So I do. I do know that, and I know. I know your podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I've had so many great guests, and I believe we're up to episode one sixty. Wow. It's like I have an OCD or something like that, <laughs> but. Uh, I get to write for the Colorado Sun. Right. I read your columns. And that's I read right. the Gazette. Okay, now I showed you mine. You show me yours. And that's good. And I've had a lot of great Gazette people. Carol McKinley. Gosh, she's a good reporter. Yes, she is. How do you generally keep up with the news? You know, Craig, I'm a, I'm, I'm a news junkie. In fact, I'm, I'm still kind of a print guy. Every morning I have the New York Times... Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and Denver Post thrown on my driveway. So, oh my I'll, and I'll take the the print versions until they finally go away. But I, you know, I have a digital subscription to the Washington Post and the Los Angeles Times, and then uh, and then a whole bunch of you know, Axios. I mean, all the stuff I'm sure you read too. So, I'm I, I think anybody in this business, you've got to stay up on things, and I just love it. So, I I'm a news junkie as well. I'm sure. Yeah. But, it, but it gets a little frightening sometimes, and uh, I like sports. Nuggets were a nice diversion, yes. right? Weren't they fun? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I bet you went to some of the games. I'm, I managed to go to game one of the Western Conference Finals wow. with my son, Sam, because I yeah. thought if we could beat the Lakers, right. we're home free. God, that, that was a great series. In fact, in some ways, I kind of enjoyed that series more than the, even the championship because how many times did the Lakers keep the I Nuggets? Forever. Out? We were <laughs> shut out. Yeah. But uh, that worm has turned, and it's going to stay that way. But you are so good at politics. I don't want to waste any time, even <laughs> though you've given me a lot of it. Let's talk about how you grew up and how you became interested in politics. Mm. Well, my, my family, your, I know your family's been in Denver for, I don't know how many decades. Four uh, generations. Four generations. My family came to Colorado in the 1880s, and, and they eventually settled in in the Arkansas Valley in Los Animas. In okay, that's before they let Jews in, so you have me beat. No, I'm wow. just kidding. Uh, well, I think my <laughs> oldest ancestor uh, probably got to Leadville during that silver rush, which right. was 1890s or yes. something. So yeah. you, your family... 
has a decade on it. Yeah, and then, by the way, in Southern Colorado, as you know, there was a very flourishing Jewish community in Trinidad. Yes. Uh, and uh, there's that beautiful synagogue, which uh, I've been in, and uh, that's just a wonderful part of A lot of, of hidden Jews among the Spanish community yes, there yes. as a result of the Inquisition, but we're not going to go that <laughs> okay, far back. Yeah. Right. But anyway, my family, uh, we farmers and ranchers, and I grew up on a farm, and I you know, cultivated and irrigated sugar beets, stacked hay. I raised hogs uh, when I was in high school for my Future Farmers of America project. And um, I, in fact, I loved growing up in the Arkansas Valley. Uh, and uh, In fact, we, we just had our 50th high school reunion, which you'll have next year. But uh, And I, I loved seeing my old classmates. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but I, I just, um, even in high school, Craig, I was kind of interested in politics. And um, Kind of got more and more involved with it, and then I. Um, well, you grew up exactly the same time yeah. as me. We yes. Bought, you, so you remember Watergate? Yes. Did you watch that with your dad? I did. I we did. Didn't. We turned off the sports to watch that. Well, and it was hard to watch anything else. Remember when those hearings were going on? There was really you had to watch them because um, we had what three networks at that yes. time. And um, but I was fascinated by them. I was I, I was I've always been pretty Republican and conservative, so it depressed me because I instinctively liked Richard Nixon. I did, but uh, uh, and the deeper we got into the hearings, the more depressing it got. Uh, but um, but but that helped kind of build my interest. Got very involved in the '74 campaign. Well, let's and, go back. Just okay, ten sorry, years. I'm no, sorry. ten years. I want to yeah. see what it was like when you were a third grader. Or, no, no, when you were, I barely well, remember uh, Kennedy, Nixon, but I do remember Johnson Goldwater. And I bet you I do, do. too. I do too. Do you remember the Daisy ad or at least reports about that? Did yes. that scare you? Well, what I remember also during that time were watching Walter Cronkite every night and watching the Vietnam yes. fatalities. But, but Kennedy, that probably is my earliest and probably deepest memory of a national public event. And I'm sure that's for you too, Craig. I mean, you, we all remember on that Friday of November 22nd, uh, I know I, I was having lunch in the school cafeteria. I was the, having lunch at Ellis Elementary. I was just going to say, sure. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the president was shot. And the principal came in and had everybody be quiet. And he kind of announced that President Kennedy had been shot. Uh, uh, this is... Uh, uh, Later that afternoon, I was in third grade, and my teacher sent a friend of mine to the principal's office to find out how President Kennedy was. Of course, we didn't know he had died yet, and uh, Jim Cover was his name, and Jim came back to the classroom, and he said, uh, well, I, I don't know how President Kennedy is, but the principal said he had expired, because that was a word wow. we didn't know in third grade. Right. But anyway, but that but I remember but the next three days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, remember we were all glued to the TV. Yeah, and we watched a man murdered on live TV. Watched Lee Harvey Oswald, Oswald by, Jack, by Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby, and uh, then the um, uh, the 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 uh, caisson going down um, uh, Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, going across the Memorial John Bridge. John. In fact, when I I've worked in Washington eight years, over, a total of eight years over my life, and every time I would cross the Memorial Bridge, Craig, I would always think of watching that caisson. Going across the Memorial Bridge up to Memorial uh, Arlington Memorial Cemetery, that's just so in in wow. blazing my and so. But to know that was, um, but and one of my favorite books, by the way, is um, "Death of a President" by William Manchester. And the re, it's the, the, it's almost a minute by minute account of the assassination. But you learn so much about government and about uh, this nation and um, uh, and then just the intrigue, the political intrigue, why he went to Texas. 
the you know the, the Johnson replacing the Kennedy. Right, but the key thing that I'm getting uh-huh. is its impact on you and probably yes. on me too. Yes. In the second grade for me, third grade for you, yes. young third grader that you were. But I've spent my career around violent crime, mm-hmm. and I know about trauma inflicted by violent crime. Yes, and some of that trauma that happened in Dallas mm-hmm. was felt by a third grader in Los Animas and mm-hmm. a second grader in Denver. You bet. You Just bet. like I think January 6th, mm-hmm. I think there was a national, oh my God, we've all been victimized feeling. It's a horrible day. Horrible Let's go day. back to that because I wanted to get to Goldwater mm-hmm. because I had a guy named Bradley Onishian who was uh, a native of Orange County, California, mm-hmm. and he grew up became very religious in the mm-hmm. evangelical movement. And he's written a book on it. And he goes back to Barry Goldwater and says the Republican Party changed right there and then. It did, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was really Rockefeller versus Goldwater. You remember all that? I remember. I, I do have some memories of the, the 64 National yes. Republican Convention. Yes, San Francisco. I remember the Democratic Convention because... Um, Remember, it was a very emotional convention because Kennedy had just died a year earlier, and uh, and President Johnson accepting the nomination. Um, I, I, I have memories. Right, of and it. he yeah. said we're going to finish the Civil Rights Act, right. which was big because he was from oh, yeah. Texas and Goldwater. Yeah. He opposed that. Yes, he did. A and, lot of Northern Republicans for civil rights leaders, right. but not Barry Goldwater. And he was a big states' rights guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think uh, I think Barry Goldwater was a good man. But um, but he but he was wrong for that part of uh, part of history. Do you remember his educational level? Barry Goldwater. Yes. No, I don't. One year at the University of Arizona. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. At least yeah. he went to Nixon when it was time and he said, did. "You're done." Right? In fact, that was I think the critical moment in that when he said, uh, you, "You've got to resign." I mean, if he didn't have Goldwater, he didn't have the Republican Party behind him on that. So interesting, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's that simple, but my gosh, you've been riding with the Republican Party for a long time. Was there much of a choice or was it like me being Jewish? I mean, you're a Jew. You you grew up on a farm in Los Animas. Everybody is this or that. It was a Democratic county, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That part of, that part of the state is, it's uh, I would say, conservative Democrat. But uh, my county was a Democratic county. Now, interestingly, it's not today. But um, but back then, there were there were a lot of conservative. My mother was a Democrat. I mean, um, uh, my dad was a Republican, so it wasn't that I, I had some family tradition to follow. Uh, but well, I just, what was that show? Was called Family Ties with today, Alex Keaton. Yes. Were you an Alex Keaton? No, type? no I Did was you never, wear a bow tie? No, I right. didn't wear a bow tie. But um, well, who uh, was your role model? Was Reagan? Did he turn you on? It wasn't so much Reagan. Um, you were you were part of it before Reagan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I got to tell you, Governor John Love was kind of my. There you know, go. He was a good he. I I saw him at various events, like at the state fair in Pueblo, and then he came to my hometown a, a couple of times. And I just thought that guy's really cool. He, he was the governor of our youth. First of all, he was yes. handsome. He, he was tan. He had that gravelly he, voice. I mean, yeah, he yeah. had great self confidence. Yes, I mean, he just looked like a governor. And of course, when we were in, when he got elected in '62, you and I were you know seven years old, so. We didn't really know any other governor until right. <laughs> until he resigned uh, yes. in Colorado. But um, so probably locally, and 
I got involved in Gerald Ford's campaign in 76 because I felt he deserved a lot of credit while, uh, for, for kind of restoring the nation's uh, uh, integrity, I think, uh, when he became president. And unlike a lot of people, and now he gets credit for it, but at the time when he pardoned Nixon, that was a pretty controversial thing. I think he's, I think he's stayed, uh, saved the nation from a lot of horrible you know, outcomes. Good so, instinct, because yeah. he was a fundamentally good man. Did you yes. get to know him during his time at Colorado? No, I ran, uh, who was that, uh, Ford? Yeah, Ford, yeah, he spent no, so much I time. I ran for him. National Convention delegate in 76 as a Ford candidate, a Ford delegate. And I remember there was a big fight in 76, Reagan versus Ford. And so there was the ethnic state convention in Fort Collins. Um, it was a nasty day. Uh, you've been in... in, in um, uh, Moby, Moby Jim. Yeah. No air conditioning. 90 degrees outside in July. It's my favorite it was like, spot in the world. That's where oh. we advanced to the state tournament. Oh, when oh I was, was that senior? Yeah, oh, was we that beat right? Greeley West. I love that. It was that. pretty new when you were there. It wasn't Mo- Moby Not that old. Yeah, but it was Moby Jim. It was pretty darn new. Yeah. But that was um, uh, for Reagan won our, del- our, our uh, Colorado delegation. I did not win as a candidate for delegate, but I still went to Kansas City to the national convention, which was the last convention, Craig, that really was in doubt going uh, who was going to win yeah, the nomination. That's cool. And it was so it it was a lot of fun. My guy uh, won that that day, but but um, no, I. Uh, I love that convention in Kansas City. I wasn't far away because I was caucusing for Frank Church. <laughs> That's right. He and That's my right. first girlfriend was from Minnesota, and Hubert Humphrey was still competing. That late in his career, if yes, you remember. And he then did. Jimmy Carter came out of nowhere. He, Iowa. Right? He's the guy who put Iowa on the map. And I wanted to be a delegate yeah. and go through it because I was a poli sci sure. major at CNC. But then I realized you had to be a teacher because the teachers had it oh, all fixed. You know? That's right. That's they right. organized. And yes. I saw the power of the teachers union. Yes. The, yes. And they yeah, organized labor and teachers union were big, yes. big democratic uh, interest groups. But uh, no, that was a great year to get involved because there was so much going on in both parties mm-hmm. um you know there was this reagan ford fight and then as you say jimmy carter just came out of nowhere and he but he's the guy who saw on the calendar that iowa was having their caucuses and nobody paid attention so he just kind of quietly went to iowa and won the darn things and um it wasn't a huge victory but it was a, it was a win and and then the rest is history i mean it's just really interesting yes yeah. and politics became fascinating yes and You've somehow made a living out of it? Well, what happened was I was in college at the University of Southern Colorado at the time. It's now Colorado State yes. University, Pueblo. But uh, I had run for national convention delegate and all that stuff. And the Ford campaign came to me and they said, hey, if you'll take out, a, if you won't go back to school this fall, we'll pay you to work full time for us as a field guy in Southern Colorado. And I thought, I can get paid for this? <laughs> and... um and I had a blast. I, I eventually did go back and get my degree, but um, but I thought, that, but that was uh, I've never looked back. Frankly, I it's just thought doing something you love and getting paid for it. Is there anything better? <laughs> like getting me on a microphone. Thank you, Michael Bailey, and the sponsors of this show. I don't give it away because I did give it away. It's just like <laughs> in the media for years. Yep. I do interviews and mm-hmm. quotes, and I yes. give it away. But once you get paid, <laughs> holy cow! I know, but. Back to my question, you've mm-hmm. made a 40-year career out I have. Of this. It's been that, yeah, because I've really been in this business since then. Uh, bounced around to a bunch of um, campaigns here in Colorado. Do you remember Dick Plock, the, the former state senator from P-L-O-C-K. Denver? Yeah, P-L-O-C-K. Yeah, P-L-O-C-K. He ran for sort governor of. in 78. Um, I worked on his campaign for governor. Yeah, I was a junior field guy on all this. Okay. Thing. 
But what really, and then I worked on the Callaway Senate campaign yes. that we talked about earlier. But and then I actually worked for John Connolly's president. We talked about Callaway up, yeah, because yeah, yeah there's yeah. some real estate we were talking about. Bo Callaway, that's big story. Terry Considine, yes. I know this history a little bit, but I wasn't really a man with the party. Um, let's advance the story to sure. when you and I kind of. I got to know you. Yes, we did. Yes. I don't know if you were aware of me as prosecutor, but I was oh, running yeah. against Bill Ritter for yes. DA. I was an unaffiliated candidate running against an incumbent Democrat. Yes. At a lot of events, there would be forums and there would be Tom Strickland and mm-hmm. Wayne Allard. Yeah. And, and I remember Bruce Benson, who supported you. Who, yes. Uh, 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 who was the uh, uh, state chairman. Let's see, was the state chairman that year? Yeah. Yeah, he was state chairman. Oh, I courted all the Republicans, and in and the he, end, he that was, was their campaign against yeah. me. He's a closet Republican. <laughs> yes. Probably you didn't want their endorsement. <laughs> but, no. Uh, so. Do you remember that big event for George W. Bush when he came to town at the Marriott at I-25 and uh, yeah, Hampton? Yeah, in, uh, in 96? Yes. Was it George De- It wouldn't been. Was it, it George, was George w-, w. Bush okay. as governor, and he had to speak oh, that's early right. to go home because yeah, yes. he was going to tuck his twins yes. in that. Yes, and that's what he did a lot back then. I right. mean, yeah, he he would he would fly somewhere and do it, and then go right. And he came and, to yeah. a fundraiser, I think, Walt Imhoff's house on yes. Cherry Hills Country Club. Yes, and I bet you were there yes. somewhere. I, I was actually. Now that I, you say that, I forgot yeah, about you, that. You should have great memories of '96. I should be oh. forgetting everything because oh. you won. And and what was wonderful about Wayne Howard, who is a good man. Wayne was so underestimated, and every, nobody thought he could win the, the nomination over Gail Norton, who was a really respected, strong Republican attorney general. And then, and and then, um, nobody thought he could beat Tom Strickland, who was this very powerful lawyer lobbyist and everything. And um, wait, are you the guy who came up with that lawyer well, lobbyist couple, thing? Not just me. There, that was kind of a there was. You came up with the lawyer part, didn't you? <laughs> Actually, the lawyer part wasn't that big. The lobbyist part. Uh, uh, Craig really, really was the thing that really people don't like lobbyists. You and know what they didn't like in that campaign? What's that? Mustaches. I, I had know. a mustache. Strickland had a mustache. We both lost. We always, were tall. They didn't like height. They didn't like mustaches. I always have thought. I always wondered about that. How much that contributed to Tom's defeat? To that because uh, Wayne looked so normal and so you know, and and I don't know. Uh, the, the mustache kind of tied into the lobbyist thing. Like, that's what you would expect a lobbyist. That. Shady stuff, like a con man. <laughs> Can you imagine a con man being a politician? Wait, we're going to talk about Trump <laughs> later a little bit. But it was exciting in 96. Yeah, it was. And, I mean, you were on the map. You were nationally hot. I bet you made a boatload. Everybody hired Dick Wadhams. <laughs> He's like Karl Rove. He's the best. Well, it was, it, it was, an, it was an election that... No, that's what was so great about it. It's just nobody expected us to do it. In fact, I remember the Grand Junction Daily Sentinel publisher or editor at the time when he heard I was going to work for Allard, who was a friend of mine. And he called me up and he said, are you nuts? He said, Allard's never going to be anything as a U.S. senator. And he wasn't being malicious about it. He just was genuinely like, how did you decide that? And I said, I said, you watch. Wayne is very underestimated and we're going to win this thing. Anyway. <laughs> You had to be on the farm to really understand it, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, Wayne yeah. Allard, nice guy, veterinarian. People love, and I I don't remember exactly the process by which we came up with the veterinarian versus the lobbyist, 
But it was, but really, I mean, people love their veterinarian. I mean, unless the ver- veterinarian screws up and uh, yes. uh, kills your pet, but most people love their veterinarian. Right. Well, who likes the, the their the lawyer? And what was interesting, you're tra- you, right at me. you remember? Tra- no, 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 no. Lobbyist. Right. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Lobbyist. Lawyer, was the, lobbyist. I remember. But we we concentrated on the. In fact, our our whole thing was veterinarian versus the lobbyist. My um. Uh, if you think about it, I mean, don't you write laws? Wouldn't going to law school kind of help you? Oh, I listen, regard? listen. I, anyway, honestly, you won. So yeah. Who cares? You know what was ironic sense? about that, uh, Craig? Is that um, Charlie Roost? Do you remember that? Uh, remember him, the, sort of. the political columnist and, and reporter. Okay. He wrote a column and he said, "You know, Dick Wadhams loves to talk about how bad lobbyists are." But he sleeps with one. My my late wife, Susan, at the time was a lobbyist for storage technology in Boulder. And he said, isn't it interesting? I, I thought he nailed me. <laughs> so anyway. No, I am, I mean, that that's wonderful. And, and what a great wife you have now, too. Yes. I met her. I don't know if I met your late wife. You might when not. When did she pass away? Uh, 2001, 22 years ago. Uh, yeah, she and she worked... Um, she was um, uh, chief of staff for Congressman Bob Schaefer, and then uh, before and before that, she was ten years uh, governmental affairs at Storage Tech. So, yes, Bob she loved Schaefer, that job. interesting yeah. guy. I, really we're going to have a long interview, but we can't <laughs> dive into Bob Schaefer and all the many races you've been in. But probably your greatest conquest had to be John Thune taking out Tom Daschle when he was leader of the Democrats. Yeah. How did you do that, man? Well, I had. what was interesting about that one, Craig, is that um, uh, I had been um, uh, I'd been working, uh, let's see, in 2000. I'd just gotten done on Allard's re- re-election campaign, remember? Right. He, and yeah. we had a rematch with Strickland. Yes. Oh, we won that. And kicked his ass again. Because he didn't man. shave again. He didn't. And then... And Tom, he never really got it. But anyway, um, there was a candidate in the state of Washington that had been courting me and um, uh, to run against uh, Nancy uh, or uh, Patty Murray up in, in Washington. Right. And I really was on the verge of going up to Seattle to run that campaign. And all of a sudden, I get this call from this guy, John Thune, who I kind of knew as the guy who lost the – he lost the Senate race in 2002 to the uh, Tim Johnson. I don't know if you remember. Sort of. Yeah. Anyway, and I said um, – and he said, I'm thinking about running against Dashiell, and um, would you meet with me? Well, I met with him. And God, he's just such a good man, uh, Craig. He's just a – he's just this solid, smart – even killed um tall good looking like tom strickland but no mustache no mustache he played basketball he's a basketball star and in and he was kind of notorious basketball star in south dakota um could have played college ball but he just decided he didn't want to devote his life to basketball anyway he um the more i thought about it i thought you know i really like thune what if we actually took Dashell out? Now, I will tell you, there was a lot of skepticism in Republican circles in Washington that Thune could beat Dashell, understandably. But they thought he could keep him busy, so he wasn't raising money. And so, but anyway, I went up there, and and uh, it was a great campaign, and it was a lot of fun. So. My favorite state in the world, South Dakota. Yes, really? Colorado College played South Dakota ah. Tech. One day, my senior season, they had a new gym, seven hundred people in really? the crowd. That's big. Wow. Small college. Oh, yeah. They had a band, and we beat them. Wow. And I scored 35 points. Really? High. Huh. And then we drove back to Shadron, Nebraska, where we were staying. So I'd spend a total of like three hours in (laughs) South Dakota 
my favorite and what state. town what town were you in when you played the rapid game? city oh rapid Sa- city oh yeah south dakota tech yeah the yeah, hard rockers yeah. i think they call it uh south dakota mines they now. do now they do now they call right. it south dakota school of mines yeah they yeah do. my greatest moment oh wow yeah that's great now, rapid city is a nice town it really is i know so. i've taken my family back uh, to the black I, hills and everything yes yeah. yeah. mount rushmore yeah all of that yeah it was cool before trump ruined it but we'll get there <laughs> yeah what's a day in your life like now you know, Greg, I, I, I do my column. I uh, do some work for Channel Four. In fact, my my Democratic counterpart is Mike Dino, who you know, and yes. um, and so and we work with Sean Boyd, who I think is the most outstanding reporter in Denver. I think she's fair minded and she works hard. I just have a lot of respect for Sean. I'm honored to work with her. Um, I do some work for a couple of other entities. Uh, I'm not running any campaigns right now. I, in fact, I might be done with that. I probably am because I just I kind of enjoy what I like talking about politics. To be honest, right now. So anyway. I do too, yeah. especially with a smart guy like you. And you can't quit because you're just slightly older than me. If yeah. you quit, then you're quit. a role model. I don't, don't want to do quit. that. No and you're way. In your prime and your voice is so important right now. And we're going to get to Trump, but. Uh, I, I know that uh, your column, is it always on politics or? Well, no. In fact, um, it, now the last four columns have been on the, the whole Colorado Republican Trump thing. But uh, like I, I enjoy writing something not politically related. Like, for instance, the 60th anniversary of the, um, of the Cuban Missile Crisis yes. was last October. Well, right. the ambassador to the Soviet Union was... Llewellyn Thompson, who grew up on a sheep ranch in my hometown, really, and he played a huge role because um, he he knew Nikita Khrushchev very well, and Kennedy relied on Ambassador Thompson's uh, insight into what was really going on in Khrushchev's mind. And there have been a couple of books written about his role, so I wrote about him about this kid who grew up on a sheep ranch and then ended up at the University of Colorado. Then he took the uh, foreign service exam and ended up ambassador to the Soviet Union and, and the role he oh, played. That's in, so cool. Yeah. I'd like to learn yeah. that story too. Although it's not as good as Phil Vance Heist because he was a Denver boy. That's but, right. That's uh, right. Oh no, you're right. Yeah. No, no, it, it it's cool. Uh, just the opportunity that somebody pays us to yes. write a column. I yes, think that's I pretty agree. darn flattering and I take it real seriously. You bet. And you were head of the Colorado State Republican Party for quite a while. Tell everybody how long. Yeah, four years, uh, two terms, uh, uh, the 2008 and 2010 elections. And so it's a two-year term, and I was elected twice. I started to run for a third term, and then I thought, no, I think I'm. this has been a lot of fun, but I think I'm ready to step aside. So anyway. Well, you get to see the state. That's got to be one fun oh. part of it. And there were some classy politicians and just uh, – you know, before we talk about modern day politicians, mm-hmm. let's talk about some people we know in common. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm a big Republican like you or <laughs> running those circles, but I did get to know Bill Owens when I was running oh, for DA because yes. he was treasurer. Right. He had an interest in law enforcement issues, perceived me as being more conservative yes. than Bill Ritter. And he helped me. He'd introduced me and we right. formed a friendship and we'd talk about death penalty and other yes. issues like Jean Benet. He would call me yes. during that Barbara oh, Walters thing. Anyway. And he, then Bobo praised their friends, been at the bar mitzvahs of both my boys, and we go way back mm-hmm. with them. And I thought he was salt of the earth. In fact, I was there as his guest when they opened up the University of Colorado Hospital. 
and his son met Bill Owen's daughter, okay. and the rest is history. The rest is history. They got married, yeah. and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So love those guys, but I'd like them to come and talk to me. Maybe I need to invite them again. But sure. I, I just haven't heard from those guys in a while. That's yeah. a critical moment in history. But let's talk great things about those guys, because they've been a big part of your life, oh, too. Oh, Bob Beaupre is a wonderful man, and... Um, I, it's too bad he didn't have a chance to be governor. Bob's, um, he ran twice, of course, uh, and, and lost both times. But Bill Owens, I got to tell you, Bill, uh, he's the only Republican governor in 52 years. And I ran his his campaign in 98. I had the honor of serving as his press secretary for three years. And I got to tell you, that was a lot of fun. You know, one of the things I learned, the difference between being a U.S. Senator and being governor U.S. senators, they're kind of out of sight, out of mind a lot of the time. You know, you don't really think. But governors, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, uh, it is it is so much different working for a governor. And I had a ball. I mean, you know, um, now I'm not what I'm about to say was certainly not was not good. But, you know, Columbine happened like just three months after he got inaugurated. Right. And so all of a sudden he this brand new young governor was thrust into this national this horrible national tragedy. And I really think in many ways, that's when Bill almost locked in his reelection because he did it so well, he and Francis, his wife at the time. And he'll tell you that he talked to Governor Romer and Governor Lamb, two former governors, Democrats, and they both gave him the same advice. Bill, you're, you're governor of Colorado. You're, you're essentially the, the father of Colorado right now. And Francis is kind of, you're the, first, you're the father and mother of the... Right. And... Um, I got to tell you, that's how he came. I mean, he he was. We lived at uh, Clement Park, uh, you know, next door to Clement to Columbine High School, where all the media was set up, because they constantly wanted him because he was so good. And um, I mean, that was a very intense week. I remember when we finally got done with the memorial, memorial service on that Sunday after the killings, and just we were all just exhausted, you know, emotionally, physically, um, and uh, but he was. He just did so well as our governor. And then then he did a lot of great policy things, too, during his eight years as governor. But I, I loved working for Bill Owens. So it was... Wow, you're bringing back memories. Yeah. And uh, another trauma mm-hmm. on all of us, because I was at the police building. I wasn't a, a government worker then, but for some reason I was at DPDHQ when the word came down. And a lot of those cops had kids there. Yes, Yes. And then I got called because I had done so much work covering Jean Benet uh-huh. and CNBC wanted me oh, live I'm, on air to yeah. explain what was happening when I didn't know what mm-hmm. the hell was happening. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever been to Columbine. I knew about Southwest Plaza Mall nearby, but yeah, yeah, I did a lot of interviews. And that's my neighborhood. Uh, really? Yeah, I live out by my, my, my stepdaughter went to Columbine. Uh, she she was out of high school by the time that happened. But um, I'll, I'll tell you a story, uh, Craig, about that. Um, we About 3 o'clock in the afternoon that day, uh, we had had all these media requests to talk to the governor. And he finally said, OK, let's go ahead and bring him in here and we'll tell him what we know. And we put out the advisory. And Paula Woodward from Channel 9 called me up and she said, Dick, what are you doing? <laughs> she said, well, she said don't have a news advisor or a news availability at the Capitol. Get him out there. And I said, I said, Paula, he's not going to go out in the middle of that law enforcement uh, activity. She said, no. She said, at Leewood Elementary School, where my two stepkids actually had mm. gone to elementary school, the parents are gathering there. Get Francis and Bill out there. And wow. it was perfect. I mean, we drove out. 
and they stayed a couple hours just kind of comforting the parents who were waiting for their kids to, because the, the kids just scattered everywhere. And Jefferson County uh, uh, School District just sent buses to travel travel around the the um, the neighborhoods to pick up kids, and then they brought them to the to Leewood Elementary. And um, I'll tell you, that was a powerful two hours too, because all these these parents, a lot of them didn't oh know. Oh my god! Because nobody had cell phones back there, or very very few people. I had one in my hand, and parents kept coming up to me asking me if that, they could. And of course, of, of course, so uh, I did, and. Um, but that was very what a trauma again oh. that we all went through. Oh yeah, Absolutely. but I mean, for some families, it was horrific. You know what picture came to mind though when I thought of Bill mm -hmm. Owens as governor, and yeah. I bet you were part of this picture. Yeah, him and John Hickenlooper throwing a baseball <laughs> at opening day. Yes, whenever. Okay. They, you know, every baseball yeah. season, I think yeah. they'd have a game of catch. Right, yeah. And it was symbolic. Yes. And it's back when Democrats and Republicans could talk to each other. Yes. What I, what, what, what I love, too, uh, Craig, is the, um, uh, and I saw this up close, I mentioned Romer and Lamb calling Bill up on the day of Columbine. Right. And just that camaraderie there is with the, the former governors. I mean, they all know what's, it's kind of like former presidents, but the but former governor, they all know what it's like to be there and the to do that job. Yeah, Hickenlooper was mayor back then. Mm -hmm. You've seen Hickenlooper through the years. Oh, What's yeah. your relationship like with him? I've always gotten along with him. I really don't know him or anything. Um, uh, I think he was a, I think he was a better mayor than he was governor. <laughs> I'll say that. You know, I, I won't uh, engage in much criticism of him, but, uh, um, and I, and, and I would also say, Craig, that I think that, I now appreciate Bill Ritter more than I did at the time. I was state chairman. My job was to, you know, criticize Ritter and right. to, um, that's kind of the role. But I, I must say, I look back and I think Ritter was a better governor than I gave him credit for at the time. Uh, I will actually Yes, say. but he didn't really like the job. No, he did not. I, I mean, I know Bill since first day of law school. Right. And we were great friends. Then mm -hmm. we ran against each right. other and that was a tough campaign. Yeah. Now, tell me if this is normal or not, because okay. I've only done one campaign. Okay. We were mad at each other for about 10 years. <laughs> I imagine. Is that normal? Yeah. I mean, the you know. And then we got over it. You know, listen, it's hard to run for public office and it's hard. It's hard to lose. I mean, I've, listen, I've, I've worked for people who lost and it's hard to do that. It's, uh, so it does take a while for that to, 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 to finally calm down. <laughs> Right, but eventually people do it on yes. a much closer yeah. or more important race. Yes. And, and one of the great things about a democracy is you you can check out to make sure the vote's okay, but then you concede the election yeah. and we'll get to Trump. But before we do that, let's talk about some other Democrats. Okay, sure. Michael Bennett, what do you think of him? You know... I personally like Michael Bennett a lot. I really do. I mean, he's always very engaging. Uh, at a couple of events, more more than a couple, actually, I've I've been able to really chat with him. I think he's a good man. I I, I think he's, I, you know, he's much more liberal than I am. But um, but in terms of um, him as a person, I think Michael Bennett is a very good man. And I and and it's amazing. He is probably going to be the longest serving U.S. senator in Colorado history. And who appointed him? Bill Ritter. Bill Ritter. And I'll tell you what, that to was the a consternation shock. of John Hickenlooper. Tell you. Craig, the day that Ritter had the big announcement at the Capitol, he was appointing Bennett. And that's because Salazar was appointed to Obama's yes, cabinet? Yes. And I remember I went down there as state chairman, and I was going to dive in and give my opinion to the media. And uh, 
I was standing in back of the room. Well, here comes the entourage, you know, uh, Governor Ritter and, and Michael Bennett and John Hickenlooper. And frankly, listen, I understand the emotion. Hickenlooper looked like a death in the family. I mean, he was you could tell he was very upset, in my opinion, for not that he was not appointed. Um, the look on his face just gave it away. And, uh, and I remember thinking, uh, I, I did, I, I knew Michael Bennett. I mean, I knew who he was, but I didn't know much about him, but, uh, but he's, he's a good man. He really is. And I think that both Hickenlooper and Bennett are moderate Democrats. That's how I describe them. Of course, I describe Joe Biden the same way. What do you think? I think Biden has gone way to the left since he got uh, elected president. And, and I, I have been disappointed in Hickenlooper and Bennett both that they haven't um, tried to exercise some moderation and independence from the, the administration. But that's always going to be. Listen, when you're a U.S. senator, you almost have to stick. It's, it's hard to deviate from your party's positions. I understand that. What about Joe Biden and his support of Ukraine? Enough, not enough. I'm a big I'm a big Ukraine guy, so I'm I I wish he would have moved fit quicker on some of the weapons systems. Give me um, some knuckles on that, because <laughs> okay. I no I there, there is no ambiguity, uh, and in fact I'm disappointed. Can we do knuckles again on hating Vlad Putin? Yeah. Oh oh, can't stand Putin. Yeah. And then one more. Okay. Okay. Got it. No, the stand um, him. uh, I'm disappointed. There are now voices in the Republican Party in Washington who want to who want to reduce and i just have you ever heard charlie kirk have you ever heard tucker carlson oh i understand have you ever heard randy corporan have you ever heard matt anyway we'll get to that yeah let's stick with biden is he too old i think he is craig i mean he just makes me cringe when he when he goes the wrong direction uh, we're getting up there dick oh believe me i mean listen i'm uh but um but he, uh, yeah, I and I think most Democrats understand that he, the him being president for four more years. I think that's a stretch. I really do. How do you feel about Kamala Harris? I think she's awful. I mean, I really. I mean, she and she. What's amazing to me, Craig? She's been vice president now for two and a half years, and she hasn't gotten any better. I mean, she. It's it's just kind of embarrassing. Back to Joe. Do you think he's a criminal? <sighs> I wouldn't go that far, but I do think, I think this. Tell me what you think about Hunter Biden. I think he's uh, he's a tragic case for humanly. I mean, number one, I mean, he's gotten involved in drugs. I think he is in kind of corrupt. I think he has used his father's uh, position as a a way to make money and people will jump into that void and and do that. Now, I'm not prepared to say Biden is a crook. I'm not, I'm just not going to go there. But I think he's been oblivious to his son's activities, and he should have been more paying more attention. Not as a father, well, as a father, but more importantly, as a high elected official. And I think he should have, I, if he didn't talk to his son about his business activities, he should have been. <laughs> Am I, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. He should have said, son, yeah. no, but he was going through some things as well. They lost I big brother, yes. oldest son. Pride and, he, and joy. And he Joe was like the, Biden was rocked for yeah, a while there. He wasn't. And of course, um, that son was the antithesis of Hunter. I mean, he was he was everything Hunter wasn't. In terms well, of, I don't know. Hunter uh, is kind of caricatured. But let's say Hunter, who was an Ivy League trained lawyer, 
Let's say he you went. You mean the other son, you mean? No, Hunter was an Ivy League trained lawyer, he, too. He went to us? Yes, I didn't know that. Hell yes, he was accomplished. He did well. He had a family. And then he went off to deep end okay. as an older guy. I guess I didn't realize he went to law school. Yes, he was accomplished. Oh. He was smart. He's hmm. well read. I okay. saw a little of this Devin Archer interview. Even Devin Archer said the guy was smart, well read. But did he trade on Biden's name? Yes. Did yeah. he get into crazy hard drugs? Yes. Did he have the kind of money where he could buy 10 hookers at a time in mansions and he started videotaping everything? Yeah, he did that. But, you know, that's kind of a sad family situation. I don't think if that happened in, you know, somebody's family called Jones, I wouldn't call it the Jones crime family no, no, because no, of no. that. I don't. I, I agree with you. So this Biden crime family thing? I I, I cringe when I hear that. Um, uh, the I will say the I was disappointed in President Biden when he wouldn't acknowledge the, the grandchild. And uh, and and yeah, but did you hear all the story about that? I mean, during his wild days, I know he put it the wrong place and impregnated somebody as proven. But do you know who she hired? Some MAGA lawyer who demanded twenty k a month and oh, outrageous know, yeah. this and that. So what do you do if you're the grandpa? Well, well you know, I don't know, but I, it's I, tough. But, but he's uh, finally resolved it. Yeah, the New York Times columnist. What, what's her Maureen name? Maureen Dowd. Maureen Dowd wrote that column, which was yes. very powerful. Very powerful. Some, that got their attention. <laughs> so. Darn right it did. And it was kind of some Catholic guilt thing that she put on him. Are you Catholic? I am. I am Catholic, yes. Yeah. Didn't she put the Catholic guilt? You're not going to acknowledge yeah, this she child? Probably, she probably yes, did, yeah. I, yeah. I know about guilt. My religion invented it. Anyway. <laughs> and some people think we're guilty. That's why we got it. Anyway, that's another subject. Gavin Newsom, you like him? No, <laughs> I think I think I, I watch what's happening, and it's it's not a personal thing. I think California isn't. You talk about decay. I mean, uh, what's happening in San Francisco and Los Angeles, and um, uh, and just and, and there's a reason why people are moving out of the state. I mean, there, he has not governed that state well. So I'm not, no, I'm not a fan of. There's a reason why Democrats aren't in charge. It's called San Francisco. Well, it's called big cities. Yes, and we don't have great solutions now, do we? Nope. Well, one thing's for sure. I think that uh, when you lose control of the homeless situation, and when you start um, pulling back from enforcing laws, uh, it's hard to, to catch up at that point. We're dealing with that in Denver right now. Yes, I, we are. I, 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 Mike Johnston, I consider a friend. I think he's a very, really good man. I worry that he will not be able to get control of this. Do you I know don't. why he won? No. Why? On my podcast two times. But okay. so is Kelly's. So maybe that was. I think it, they, but. you know, I'll say this. I'll say this for the city of Denver. They nominated two very good candidates. Yes. And they could have nominated some real wackos. I mean, honestly. I mean, there were some in that yes. race that were not, that were really the, far the to the left. They're misguided. Okay. They're a little misguided. misguided. Okay. Too enthusiastic. <laughs> what about Jared Polis? Maybe if you don't like Gavin Newsom, Polis in 28? Polis, I will tell you, he's a terribly smart guy. Um, and of course he has the benefit of having a lot of money. Um, and that's a big asset for him. Um, I think that he, um, uh, I don't know. I, he just, I don't know if he would really sell in a national democratic race. We'll see, but I'm not sure he would, but we won't know until Biden steps aside. So he's a fascinating dude. He is. Let's go to something you do know. 
the Republican Party. What a race. Okay, let me go through the candidates. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get to Trump until toward the end. (laughs) Ron DeSantis. I love most of what he did in the state of Florida. And, you know, he's made that a Republican state. It's gone from this um, uh, deep purple, almost uh, tilting blue to now it is a rock-hard Republican state. You can see it in the affiliation numbers. I don't like the way you say rock-hard Republican. How okay. come? Just because it's uh, like psychosexual and it looks oh. like Florida. It already oh, well. looks like a penis to me, and I don't like Ron DeSantis, but that's my bias. You know, he carried Miami-Dade County, which is— I know. I mean, it, and he carried— A lot of uh, carried conservative lot. Cubans well, and but, some misinformation on their radios, but, there's but a, for but whatever the, reason. But, there's more, but he carried the Hispanic vote, uh, vote overall. Um, I think he's got— I think he comes across as kind of cold, and I don't think his personality is particularly warm enough for voters to warm up to him. Um, uh, but um, I what think about he, this slavery thing? Oh, I cringed when I heard him say that. And he's not pro-slavery. But he doubled down on it, though. And I then know. the other night he said, my first move, I'm going to slit everybody's throat in some government agency. I cringed. You can't even do that in the NFL anymore. I, it's a 15-yard penalty. I cringed on that one, too, Craig. I mean, you know, it's um, sometimes you don't know how somebody will perform uh, in, in a high office situation uh, campaign until they actually get in it. And I think DeSantis is about that close to becoming um, irrelevant. But, but he, uh, Think of his poor campaign manager, probably well paid, but when he says something like that, holy cow. And cat. by the way, I know a couple of the people around DeSantis, and they're really good. And I wonder about that. I haven't talked to him, but I'm sure they're... They go to bed at night. and <laughs> The only similar thing once is a chief deputy. I put a real young, untested deputy on a murder case with me, and they started saying things and doing things where I stood up and said, objection, and then I realized- In I the courtroom? The <laughs> that got everybody's attention. Oh, boy, I guess yes. it did. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so sometimes things are out of your control. It, they are, they are. So can we put a fork in DeSantis? Is he done? No, no. I listen. He's 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 shifting his focus to Iowa. He's going to campaign in all ninety nine counties, um, and he he he's got to prove that he can nick Trump in Iowa. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, uh, Tim Scott is starting to make a little bit of a move in in Iowa. So we'll see. What now happens. I met that guy at the Western Conservative uh-huh. Summit one time. I just kept running into him, and we started talking. Yeah. He said he loves Colorado. Did you know he has relatives he's here? Got an in uncle Colorado in Car- Springs. Yeah, he's got yes. an uncle. I think in Colorado Springs or something. Yeah, yeah, yes. I heard that. Yeah, he told me that. He's, he's very a good friendly man. guy. He's a good man. I, I like him a lot. Now here's the guy who I'm starting to like just a little bit. I yeah. never thought I'd say this. Yeah, because. I may buy his T-shirt, the yeah. one that says, too honest, you're too oh. honest. Mike Pence finally oh. standing up. I love what Mike Pence has been doing lately. I really do. Can that bring him back from the dead? Probably not. Um, but I will tell you what, he's an important voice in this race right no, now. No kidding. Yeah. And in the trial. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And Do you know him? No. In fact, I've never met Mike Pence. But I will tell you, I he, he stood proud i think on january 6th um and um uh, i think he's i think he's a good man i really do and so uh, and i'm glad he's saying what he's saying right now i really do do you know asa hutchinson 
I don't know him. Mm -mm. No. Seems like a nice guy, former U.S. attorney. And when Trump calls him Ada, isn't that beneath it? We'll get to him. Yes. What about this guy, Vivek Ramswani? You know, he's, he's interesting. He's so young. He's been very successful. I think he's starting to attract some support. I don't know if it's going to be enough to really break out of the pack, but he's certainly, uh, he's not a joke. I mean, he's certainly. It's a stocking horse yeah. for Trump. Well, well, might be, might be. Here's another Trump blocker. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Yeah. What about Glenn Youngkin? Does he have a real chance? I like Glenn Youngkin a lot. If he got in, he would uh, probably uh, be, uh, make a big a splash. I don't know if he's got. I don't know if he could go all the way though. I know. I know some donors. I've been reading, Craig, that some donors are are, are so nervous about DeSantis that they want Youngkin to get, to get in. I but I don't know. What do you know about Virginia politics anyway? Doesn't it make it tough for a governor to run that one term deal? One term. Well, they. they and, and, and by way of background, you worked uh, Virginia politics yeah, too, right? Yeah, Senator George Allen. There you go. Um, it's an interesting uh, system in Virginia. They you only can run for one term. For uh, now, if you sit, you can sit out a term and then run again, right? But um, you can't run for consecutive terms. But they they put a lot of power in the hands of the governor. So you might have one term, but you can do a lot in one term because of the power you have for that four, those four years. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by that process, Craig, because you and I have both seen governors kind of have these great first terms, and then the second term, they kind of peter out. I mean, it's like they, right. they get their agenda done the first term, and then they're kind of looking for something to do the, th the second term. And I think in terms of Denver, I think that third term is deadly in Denver uh, for Denver mayor. I think, I think they ought to go back to a two-term limit. Let's go back to GOP anyway. candidates. Yeah. I just gave a dollar to Will Hurd to get him on the campaign debate stage. He's a good guy. I don't know him, but, I, but I, when he was in Congress, I liked Will Hurd. Yeah, he's then there's Larry Elder. Salem talk show. I'm not sure why Larry's in this race. Well, I think yeah. I know. Okay. Yeah, it's all about ratings, <laughs> the graft, it's merch, it's all that sort yeah. of stuff. It's status. RFK Jr. We already talked about your memories of yeah. his uh, cousin, I John. Think... John. I mean, holy cow, what he's doing to the Kennedy name. To yeah. me, he's a Steve Bannon creation. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not big on him. I mean, uh, he's he's got some crazy ideas and. Um, I don't know. And of course he's kind of becoming more and more estranged from his own family. They've been very critical of him. I, I just kind of wonder about why he's doing this. Yeah. You know? He becomes estranged because he is a strange guy. It partly came out during COVID. Everybody yes. has their opinions. Yeah. What did COVID do to our politics and how did you get through all of that? Stayed at home like everybody else. I, I, I took the vaccine. I had no trouble. I had no trouble. No, and the booster. Yeah, I mean, you're like me. We're yeah. conformist. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, have any effects of it. I mean, didn't no get, COVID. No COVID. I mean, um, I didn't Give like me a it. Fist bump on that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. Too. I mean, my mother was an RN. Uh, Craig and one, one, I have two brothers, and one of my brothers called me one day when the, the, the vaccine debate was going on. He said, "Can you imagine what our mother would have done to us if we told her we're not going to get the vaccine? <laughs> she would, as adults, she would have kicked our butts. I mean, because right, uh, we grew up with the polio yeah, vaccine. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah. So of course we're going to yeah. take and get a mark on our arm in yeah. the process. I remember that well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Talk about a mark on America. This guy, Donald Trump, you know, I uh, 
I was misled. Mm-hmm. I got conned a bit. I didn't follow the guy as close as I should have, but I didn't like Hillary Clinton. I voted, I, yeah. I thought she was corrupt. Yes. And, uh, I still do. <laughs> right. Yeah. But holy cow, I I changed after Charlottesville, then Helsinki, my God, there were a yeah. bunch of things. And, uh, yeah. But you have courageously stood up. Tell us about Trump when you became aware of him, when you took him seriously, and uh, how you feel about the man. Well, I wasn't crazy about him in 2016, Craig. And, and frankly, the especially after the Access Hollywood comment. I mean, that, that just, that was so bad. Um, and, 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 and can I just go back to mm-hmm. just talk about that comment? I mm-hmm. mean, grab her by the P, they let you do it if you're famous. But before that, he was talking about hitting... On a married woman, I think it was Nancy O'Dell, and he said, right. I came on to her like a bitch, and I took her to a furniture store, and he was trying to get in her pants, and he's talking about it, bragging about it, trying to screw a married woman. I know. I remember. I, so I, that was, you know, the grab yeah. him by the P word was, oh. you know, I can say it on my podcast, grab yeah. him by the pussy, yeah. the Billy Bush. Holy cow. I, that, mean, yeah, I gave him a pass for that, even though I didn't think it was locker room talk. Because I did not like Hillary Clinton. I agree. I mean, the, the thought of her. And I'll tell you, when he finally, when I really decided to vote for him, when he came out with that list of uh, people who he said he would he would uh, appoint yeah, to judge Leonard Leo. And list. frankly, I, uh, there were I had three people I knew on that list, and so uh, and I, I I I I like conservative judges, and and including Gorsuch, he was on the list. And, yes. Uh, but and um, my buddy Tim Timkovich and Tim Timkovich, and then. I think there were two lists, and then the second one he had done, Allison Ide, yes. who is a very good friend, and right. uh, Troy and Allison are very good friends, and she's brilliant. Um, but I finally decided I'm going to vote for him then. I, I, you know, Craig, I really did like the policy achievements of the Trump administration. I liked the tax cuts. I liked what he did on the border. I mean, the remain in Mexico policy really made a lot of sense. And I do think it, it stabilized the border. I liked his deregulation agenda. I, 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 I think he didn't get enough credit for what he did with the vaccine. Uh, I mean, I, I like the way in his first year he knocked his shit out of the Islamic State and <laughs> liberated Raqqa. Yes, yes, and, he did. Yes. yes, he did. And um, so, I mean, I there were. I, but I, that's look, back when he had Mad Dog Mattis and some regular right. people working. Yes. For him. And I, I so I look, I think he did all these wonderful things, but he has squandered all that by his behavior after losing. And, uh, and well, and even during. That first term, he just treated people shabbily, and and um, uh, I just don't like that. The, the people I've worked for in my life always respectfully dealt with staff. I just don't. I just know you don't have to treat people like well, that. Well, Charlottesville was the breaking point okay. for me. I okay, understand. and that was the bigotry. Yeah. And I've had occasion to go to a lot of Republican functions. Some I've described right here. I go yeah. to the Rappahoe County breakfast uh-huh. thing. Right. Always felt welcome because there are guys like Dick Wadhams there. Okay. Oh, Myron? But, uh, no, I was just wherever because oh, okay. classy Republicans yeah, they are. and people who are decent, people who would people. never say that they're good people on both sides when they are the proud boys. Right. Good right. Republicans don't tell the proud boys to stand back and stand by. Right. They say, get the hell out of here. There was a war in your party about this a long time ago. William F. Buckley said to the Birchers, Get the hell out of here. He did. Bob Dole from 96 at yeah. his convention said, if you're racist, get the hell out of he the did. auditorium, he right? Did. He did. That's what right. What a break for I Republicans know. when they, I mean, did I you feel it? Yes. 
Yeah. No, I know. I hated all that I, when that happened. Yeah. Uh, when, I mean, the, the, the whole uh, Charlottesville thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just uh, I couldn't I couldn't even wrap my mind around that comment that Trump made. The good people on both sides. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. And he tried to work it a yeah. few different ways. And yeah. we could get bogged down on that. But that's water under the bridge now, because to me and, and I got taken off. Yeah, because I thought impeachment number one when he did the Ukrainian shakedown was unforgivable. Yeah. I mean, that's not the way you compete in politics. And mm -hmm. You're a tough competitor, but you mm -hmm. don't shake down a foreign government to give right. you dirt on your political opponent. Am yeah. I right? Yes, no, I agree with you. And that's yeah. an impeachable offense. Yeah. And he got impeached, but some senators saved them, mm -hmm. not Mitt Romney. Some mm -hmm. voted to convict him, mm -hmm. but we let him get away with that. And then it led to January 6th, and so much has happened this week on January 6th, and oh, yeah. I don't care who you are, and Charlottesville, Helsinki, uh, his point, I mean, whatever, January 6th to me was a crime against America. I, I'm so happy he's being prosecuted right yeah. now. How do you feel about it? I totally agree with you about January 6th. Um, uh, there have been so many books written in the aftermath of that. And all the revelations that come out, and it's it's just it's it's just so disgusting, um, the way he treated Mike Pence, and we talked about Pence. I mean, and and uh, I just it's just mind boggling to me. No, I he wanted him killed. Yes. Even in an interview later, he told uh, that guy from uh, Jonathan Carl from ABC. Yeah, he, he didn't follow the law. These people were mad. He had it coming. Yeah. It's just common sense. Right, he had it coming. That was the whole... Uh, right, yes, and, and hang I, my pants. I hate that. I hate that, yeah. I right, mean, because if you introduce violence into politics, oh, where are we, Dick Waters? I know, I know. And I, I no, I'll tell you, that was probably one of the most depressing afternoons uh, I think I've ever spent in my life watching the attack on the Capitol. Because you know I worked back there, and 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 so I, all those scenes, I, I remember thinking they all I could all I could recognize you know where in the capital that was happening. Because and it's just it's just you know it's just uh, yeah. I have a scintilla of the knowledge of the capital that you do, but I've been there you know, for some course, important yeah, moments, yeah, and yes. I just yeah I I think that's another trauma yeah. that you and I have been through in yes. our lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. So I want this trial to happen and happen fast. These other trials can wait in my judgment. Mm -hmm. So Well, I think the one by the DA in, in Alvin New Bragg. York, that's that's a dumb one. No. Uh, I do take seriously the um, Mar-a-Lago one. And frankly, I take seriously, Craig, the one in Georgia by the district attorney. Fulton in, County. Yeah, Fulton Lewis. County. Because we know what he was asking on that. He was asking, he wanted to... Just 11,780 votes. That's just, when I first heard about that phone call, I just, oh, you're, and, and, and the Secretary of State was so stood tall on that. Yes. I really did. Brad Rappensberger. Yes, yes, yes. And he won, and he won a primary. Yes. Yeah. And As Brian did, Kemp stood and up to him and won Brian Kemp, him. yeah. They both did. Yes. Yeah. So maybe that's the political play, but so why don't more Republicans do it? A lot of Republicans are afraid of the Trump entity in terms of, of, of defeating them in a primary. And, and that is a real concern. If you're an elected Republican and you, run, and you get primaried by the Trump crowd. Um, it's gone beyond that now mm -hmm. since he has the Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Matt Gates, the Lauren Boeberts, yeah. and Kevin McCarthy is hanging by a thread. Yeah. 
That's another threat that Trump has right now to get Republicans to do his bidding. Am I right? No doubt. I mean, uh, McCarthy, I think overall has done a much better job than frankly, I thought he would. Mm -hmm. I, I really, I think he's a good person. Um, but but you're right. I mean, frankly, his, his it's very tenuous, his hold on the speakership, very tenuous. Uh, so how how do you think he came to go to Mar-a-Lago and make peace with Trump after he called him out with Lauren Boebert sitting behind him uh, right after it happened? I think he got scared. I think he got scared that, uh, that he would be primaried and that that um, he 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 would not be speaker if he didn't do that. So some people in the party are operating out of fear, right? Uh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. They don't want to be primary. They don't want to lose their job. That's right. That's right. They don't want to be pushed out of the tribe. Right. They don't want to lose their income. That's that's a factor, yeah. Yeah. But then there are some true believers, right? Mm -hmm. What do you do with Marjorie Taylor Greene? <sighs> well, of course, there's been a split between her and Lauren Boebert. I know. Yeah. Uh, um, I listen. She, the trouble with her is she comes from a very safe Republican district in Georgia, and she can do and say anything she wants. Uh, she's going to be there as long as she wants to be in Congress, and she's and she's always going to say outlandish things and uh, get and get uh, media coverage for it. So she's just there. I mean, I don't know what she do. But about she's it. not just there anymore. She used to be. Mm -hmm. A non-entity. When right. the Republicans were in the minority, they even kicked her off all her yes. committee assignments. But yeah. now she's about the most powerful person besides McCarthy. Well, she is because she's now kind of become one of McCarthy's friends. And uh, I think he did that to try, kind of protect his right flank. And um, so, yeah. So I just wish I got a percentage of those Jewish space lasers. They're so <laughs> profitable. <laughs> What do we do with Bobert? Where are they? Where are they kept, Craig? I, mean, I can't <laughs> tell you, Dick. It's a secret. I got that was. It's a secret. We're oh saving God. them for just the right moment. That was what so about ridiculous. Lauren Bobert? She's local. Do you know her? I've met her a couple of times. I don't really know her. You know what's what I think is sad about uh, Bobert is that she had an opportunity to kind of correct her her. Um, herself after she almost lost to Adam Frisch. Like, like, what was it, 527 votes, whatever. And But she hasn't changed at all. I mean, um, um, I think she's in for a very tough re-election. Um, and I, I don't know if she'll survive. Um, that that district is genuinely a Republican district. I know. Pounds, Do you know but... why Adam Frisch almost won? What's he, that? he came on my podcast. Okay. If he had come on twice, he might have won. Hmm. But I didn't ask him that yeah. second time. But I was on him early. Yeah. And uh, now it looks like he has competition too. But it looks like Trump's going to run away with the Republican nomination. Am I right? At this moment, it does. I guess I'm still, I still think that something could happen. If somebody could actually beat him or come close to beating him in Iowa and doing, and then go into New Hampshire and be competitive, and then the ultimate uh, showdown would be in South Carolina. Um so I'm still hopeful he will not be our nominee. But right now, certainly it kind of looks like it. Yeah. I think my wheelhouse, yours is obviously politics, but my wheelhouse is litigation, criminal litigation, how long something might last. And I'm proud that like three weeks ago, I said, Trump is going to try to win the presidency one continuance at a time. Hmm. And I don't know if he's going to get there with this new judge and D.C. Mm -hmm. and Tanya, we trust, but 
Now, by the way, because uh, you're, I don't know the mechanics of these sure. things. Will Will there be a change of venue? You think? In, in there will be a motion, but I don't think it will be granted. Okay. I mean, I, I just don't know. Why that. should it be moved? I thought that was a racist thing by DeSantis. Any case in Washington should be moved. Like, what are these subhumans? Are yeah. there too many blacks, too many yeah. Democrats? Yeah. Holy cow. Try saying that in Colorado Springs. If you commit a crime there. Yeah. You know, if yeah, you commit a point. crime there yeah. by Storm City Hall in Colorado Springs, probably <laughs> should have a trial there. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Um, no, well, not fun, but it's going to be interesting to watch. All right. Well, isn't that where everybody's meeting this weekend in the Colorado Republican Party? No, they're meeting in Castle Rock, actually. Well, that's yeah. down south. Yeah. South and up. Right. Douglas County is the new El Paso County, right? You know, Craig, Douglas and El Paso, they they are getting more Democratic. I mean, I'm are telling they? you. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, with the mayor election. Trump only carried Douglas and El Paso by 52% in 2020. And uh, Joe O'Day, who I thought was a really good candidate, he only carried by those counties by 52%. If a Republican cannot carry Douglas and El Paso counties by 65%, you don't have a shot at winning a statewide race. And so think about that 13-point drop-off from that middle of the 65%. Yeah. You know what gets me going in the wrong direction, and thanks for steering me back mm -hmm. correctly, is the leadership in Douglas County and El Paso County. Aren't they kind of pro-Trump, even oh, if their populace isn't? Especially El Paso. Yeah, it's it's very, very a Trump. And of course, the new state chairman comes out of El Paso County. We'll get to Dave. Let's go Brandon okay. Williams. Yeah, but Douglas County, I think Steve Peck, who assaulted my client, Bob Marshall, and then he won the house seat in the Highlands Ranch. Right, Bob Marshall, right. Yeah. And I think Mr. Peck, who was so offended that... My client would be anti-MAGA that he assaulted him. I think he's the head of Douglas County Republicans. Good question. I'm, I'm a little out of touch with the county chairs now. Right, and El Paso yeah. County is a mess. I've oh, had God. Eli Horrible. Bremer on my Horrible. show before, yeah. but it sounds like the response is, hey, we're just not going to be Republicans anymore. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of good Republicans in El Paso, a lot of friends of mine, mm -hmm. and Eli's one of them, uh, but, uh, there are, uh, and Wayne Williams. Who, you know, yes, good uh, man. There are a lot, of, a lot of good Republicans, but right now the party is controlled by the MAGA wing in El Paso County right now, no doubt about it. Just like the Colorado State Republican Party. Yes, yes. It's not Dick Wadham's party anymore. No, it's not. No, it might be your party, but you don't have control. You don't have the power. Tell us about Dave. Let's go, Brandon Williams. You know, he's worse than I ever dreamed he would be, uh, Craig. I thought he, by being elected state chairman, he might step back and kind of think about the, that role and what it entailed. But he has um, launched attacks on John Southers, on uh, Doug Lamborn. Of course, he ran against Doug Lamborn, called Doug Lamborn a rhino, even though Lamborn's one of the most conservative members of Congress there is. He's attacked um, uh, Laura Thomas in, in Douglas County, the D Douglas County Commissioner, uh, Rich Taggart, the um, uh, state rep from Grand Junction. Um, uh, he's, he's just, he's just, no state chairman, in my opinion, well, no, it's not my opinion. It's a fact. No state chairman has ever attacked Republicans like Dave Williams has. He even put out a fundraising uh, email a couple of weeks ago where he literally says in there, "I uh, please send us money because I want to attack the far left Democrats and rhino Republicans. Saying to a Republican crowd that send me money so I can attack them. 
it's unprecedented, Craig. I'm, I've never seen anything like it. It's all, uh, and um, and now they're coming up with these schemes to, which I think are Soviet and Stalinist uh, in nature, to take the vote from members of the state committee and force them to vote a certain way. I mean, it's, right. There's it's, been an open primary by dent of the voters of Colorado. Yeah, right. The Republican Party could opt out if 75% yes. of the members say so, but yes. they can't get 75% of no. the group even together. I and think, when they do, they can't even raise over 50% of the vote. So he says, if people don't show up, we're going to count it as an automatic secession and we'll go back to our caucuses and have nominate you ever people. heard of such a thing? I mean, it's just. Well, it's I just... mean, I, I never thought I'd see a candidate who petitioned to get on the ballot with uh, profanity. Say, I want to be Dave, let's go, Brandon oh, Williams, to, I in effect, say, Dave, fuck you, Joe Biden. I mean, I mean, no, he uh, is an obscenity. I mean, and I hear him being treated and normalized as regular guy. Are there any other party people attacking him like you are? Maybe a few. Caldera wrote something. Caldera wrote a great piece. Uh, Actually, a um, a, a Mesa County commissioner, a young guy from uh, Grand Junction. He wrote a great piece for Grand Junction. Somebody from Teller County, I think. The former Teller County Republican chairman wrote something. Um, but he, Dave Williams has his allies, oh. and I know a couple of them because I used to work on the radio with them, but now they're state party officials. Yes. He used to be, you couldn't be on the radio if you're part of yeah. the party, right? But Randy Corcoran, mm-hmm. what's his role in he's, all of this? He's, well, he's the Republican National Committee man. Yes. Uh, he uh, Every state has three members of the National Committee, uh, and he's one of ours from Colorado. How did that happen? Well, the state convention elects that person every four years. So he was elected to the Colorado State Convention. But how Convention. did that happen? Wasn't it, who were the powers behind him? The, who the, helped him? There were 3,000 delegates to a Republican convention. I he, know, but that's a heck of a campaign. Didn't, he, didn't yeah. he have the Nevels and well, the Rocky Mountain you know, gun owners that, crowd? That radio behind? show of his does reach a lot of the people who were delegates. And, and uh, I can't even remember who ran against him uh, in that race. But he won. But he won. He did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's a party guy, and does he support Dave? Let's go, Brandon. Oh Woods? my lord, yes, yes, they are two peas in a pod. Who right? else? Are, who else is in that pod with them? Well, the author of the amendment uh, to um, that took away the votes of people who wouldn't, who, who didn't show up, uh, was uh, Chuck Moneywell, who, and uh, he's a member of the state central committee. Uh, so, um, uh, but you know, I mean, can we, I say in defense of Chuck, who I've known a long oh, time, I do too. and he I've got always enjoyed, always well, enjoyed well, Chuck well, well, I, and Julie. Yeah, I'm always speaking like, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. he got kicked off for saying he didn't want to cover that impeachment. That uh, it was one of the impeachments. He said he would prefer a good school shooting, and he said it was a joke and stuff like that. But the other day, Greg Gutfeld, after the president got indictment number three. They came to him on the five. I just turn on Fox occasionally to see his reaction. Yeah. And he was drawing little doodles. And he said, this is what I do when I get bored. Like, it's real boring. <laughs> the case of this century. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's the boredom defense. Anyway, Chuck Bonniewell is a big backer of Donald Trump. So is Dave Williams. So is Randy Corcoran. You are their natural opponent. You are calling out Donald Trump for J6 and everything else. And isn't that the political struggle of our times? Aren't there just two political parties right now? 
you're either pro-Trump or you're against him? Well, there are two parties within the party. Yeah, I, I really do believe that. And, um, uh, and, and, and the thing about it is, Craig, if Trump had graciously accepted defeat in 2020, invited President or President-elect Biden and Jill Biden to the White House, like every other defeated president has done over time, and then gone to the inauguration. You know what? He would be and, and not challenge the results of the election, not promoted an attack on the Capitol. I gotta tell you, I think he would be the he would be the only candidate for the Republican nomination. And he would probably be 10 points ahead of Biden Yeah, right but now. that's like saying if I was seven foot two, I would have played <laughs> in the NBA. It's just yeah. not who it's I not am. Him. I right. agree. You're it's right about gonna that. Happen. It's not going to happen. But what's going to happen to the Colorado GOP? Well, I will tell you, I think we are uh, right now, Democrats are in a more powerful position than they've been since the 1930s. I think a large part of that, it, well, I think most of it is is Donald Trump. Uh, who has driven all these new people who have moved to our state to Democrats because they hate Donald Trump. Uh, and then look at uh, internally in our party, when you have a Dave Williams as a state chairman and people read about this crap uh, and they hear about this stuff, about you know taking votes away from people, taking vote, the, the ability to vote in a primary from 1.7 million unaffiliated. For that matter, by taking away, the by going to just a caucus assembly process, they're taking away the primary vote from about 950,000 Republicans because only about 10,000 Republicans go to caucuses. So we're narrow. We keep, this is the trouble with the Dave Williams, Williams of the world, Craig. They just want to, they just continually want to con constrict the party to their own little group. That's all they care about. They would rather elect Democrats at all level than re elect a Republican like Bill Owens, for instance. They, I they have to get something out of it. Is it the grift? Are they weird guys? Let's talk about money for a second. Because yeah. when you manage the Republican Party, mm -hmm. what are the finances like? How much can you expect to raise? Because am I reading it right? Nobody's getting paid bills. No, no. no. But did you hear they spent $50,000? For um, Randy Corcoran and John Eastman to yes. file a frivolous complaint and yes. budgeted 250k to pursue it, and they don't have that. They don't even have that much laying around. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, and the, the the major donors of the Republican Party, uh, they're not going to give him a dime. They 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 he's an anathema to them. Dave Williams. Yes, yes. They're not going to give him a dime. So what whatever status he had, whatever financial situation he has now, it's not going to improve that much. So how does this end? It's just going to be. It's just. It's just going to be a shell. And uh, uh, if if they get this, if they pass this bylaw to take away the votes of people uh, tomorrow, and then they go on to ban the primary for twenty twenty two or twenty twenty four, twenty twenty four, um, the um, it, it's we're just going to continue to look like a bunch of fools, and um, and the party is not going to be credible at all. It just isn't. So. And we're, I mean, we only have 19 out of 65 members of the Colorado House. We have only 12 of 35 in the state Senate. Uh, we have no statewide elected officials. Uh, if Boebert goes down in the third, we could be looking at a 6-2 congressional delegation. It, it, it's like it could get worse. It could. You know how you could change that? How's that? By not saying we anymore. You could say well, they. I mean, have you thought about I, it? I understand. That. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, I'm not telling you to do yeah, it because I yeah. want people in the Republican yeah. Party battling hard. I mean, America suffers with the yeah. Republican Party like this. Colorado suffers. Am I right? You're you're dead right, Craig. In fact, um, 
That's, I think that's the ultimate tragedy of all this is that, you know, we enjoyed, as you well know, a very healthy two-party system in Colorado going back decades and decades. And we had these healthy competitive races. And, and, and both parties had basically had a real shot, especially at open seats of, of, uh, around the state. Now, this is a one-party state right now. And the trouble with that is, it is that it not only empowers the Democratic Party, more importantly, it empowers the far left of the Democratic Party. I mean, when the, when the, the Speaker of the Colorado House apologized to the six or seven Democratic socialists in the House because she didn't pay attention to them enough. I'm thinking, boy, I can see where the power, the power center of the Democratic Party is starting to shift. I mean, the speaker is apologizing to them, and so, and so we are, we are complicit in this. We are complicit in 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 empowering the far left of the Democratic Party, and I, I think that's that's just awful. So, and so, where are the old guard? How come they don't speak up and say, "Hey, you know what? We have a proud tradition." This doesn't work anymore. I think about Bill Armstrong, and you worked for him some. Nine years, yeah. Loved him. All right. And I didn't know the man well, but I did go to a lot of those Western conservative summits. I thought I knew Jeff Hunt, who came to town as Romney's campaign guy. Mm -hmm. I know his family goes back in the radio business, but Jeff Hunt now runs CCU in a way consistent with Dave Let's Go Brandon Williams. To me, the least Christian thing I've ever seen he will talk about the Biden crime family. He's a hundred percent MAGA, and it's very disappointing yeah. to me. Yeah, I. I mean, would Bill Armstrong have gone for this? No, I don't think he would have. Now he's been dead since 2016, so he didn't see all this develop. But right. I think I knew him well enough, Craig, because even after I worked for him, he remained a very close friend. He, I shared an office with him in downtown Denver for about seven years, where I did my political stuff and he did his businesses. Um, he was, he spoke, he was, he gave the eulogy at my late wife's funeral. Um, I mean, I, I mean, there are a lot of people close to Armstrong and I wasn't the only one, but, but, um, no, um, I don't, he wouldn't like any of this. Um, and, uh, so, uh, I sure wish he was around, <laughs> but you ask about, I, you know, Caldera column, the Caldera column you mentioned earlier, you remember what he said at the end that maybe maybe we just need to let this thing just burn to the ground, right? And we go and we just change the whole process in Colorado how we elect people. I, th- frankly, I think John was onto something there. That that uh, you know California has that kind of um, a, a truly open primary. Yeah, everybody runs in the same primary, and the top two run in the in the general. I'm beginning to wonder if we need to head to that. So yeah, this is not working well right now. And part of the problem to me is the media. And it's changing so fast. Look at us on a podcast now. That's pretty fun. We could never have a long discussion like this on the radio, right? No, we couldn't. No. Mm -hmm. And um, everybody can hear it any place in the world, Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. What's happened to like newspapers and what difference has that made in our society? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. I'm glad I was old enough to experience firsthand the glory of a, of a two newspaper town. Oh, I mean, wasn't it weren't those great- 96? Holy cow. Oh. We had a reporter signed to my campaign, the Ritter's campaign, <laughs> yes. one to Strickland, one to Allard, oh. and we had dueling stories every day. It was like a presidential race. And Craig, I mean, now I'm starting to sound like an old man, but I remember in the middle of that campaign, laying in bed, waiting, I just hoping 
uh, that the I could hear the thud of the two papers landing yes. on my driveway because I knew there was a story. And you know, you couldn't see the story till it actually showed yes. up. I frankly miss those days. I mean, I love the internet. I love so. I love the the ability that I could call up the Washington Post on this phone right now. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. But you know, some of the I love the drama of the of that era, and. Um, and and in the Denver Post, I used to call that newspaperitis when you couldn't oh. sleep. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh my lord! I remember uh, running out to my driveway yes. to to get the papers. But anyway, um, no, it's sad what's happened to the Denver Post and that Alden Capital crowd. Uh, there are good people at the Denver Post, the good right. reporters. Uh, I love most it. of them went to the Colorado Sun. Yes. Shout out to my home. Oh team. yeah, and I love the Colorado Sun. I love the the Denver Gazette. I think they're they they're doing some great work. Um, so thank, do you but, know who contributed to me? You remember these things in ninety six? Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Anschutz. Did she really? Yes. Wow. Well, I'm, I actually am not surprised that, right. that you told me that. Yeah, those were the days. But yeah. that is that's why they painted me as a Republican. Yeah. How is Phil? I, and it's Nancy, right? Yeah, Nancy is his wife. Yeah, I think Phil Anschutz is one of the great Coloradans in history. Do you I know do. him well? I know him well enough. I mean, uh, you know, because our paths have crossed because of the campaigns I've worked on. But I just think, you just think what he's done for the state, the Anschutz Medical Center, and not only that, but all so many things. And I just think he's just mar- just an amazing man. Uh, I think he's one of the greatest Coloradans in history. I really do. And it will go down that way. Um, he's, and uh, so, you know, no, I don't know him well. But, but I'll tell you what, I'm always in awe of him when I'm in his presence. When I was state chairman, uh, I would make the pilgrimage down to his office to ask for the maximum contribution for the state party. He would always do it. But what I loved about Mr. Anschutz, uh, Craig, is that he would want to talk about. He he's a very politically in tune guy, and and he would take time. And you know, here he's he's a billionaire running all these companies, and he would want to talk politics for you know what what a half an hour or whatever. And I just I just almost felt like God, you don't come across looking stupid here, Wadhams. I mean, talking to because he I'm intimidated by he's just such a great man in my opinion. That um, I, but I love talking to him, and I, and I, uh, you know, he could have just, he could have just wrote a check, sent it to me, and not even dealt with me. But he, I, I went down there, and uh, and he would he would talk politics for a fairly lengthy. Nice. Time. Yeah. I normally interact with Larry Rickman, one of the head guys at the Colorado Sun. Who yeah. do you interact with yeah. at the Gazette? L- Larry's a good man. Yeah, yeah. Who do you interact with at um, the Gazette? Well, Dan Negamir. Do you remember? He was the, he's the editorial page editor. Uh, um, the editor of the, um, of the, uh, Gazette is, um, uh, um it's, um, uh, Wayne Loggison. No, he's in Carter Springs. He's the oh, editor. Colorado Springs. Yeah. It's uh, the former Washington Post guy who came here. Um, oh, I'm embarrassed. Well, I'm, that's my all right. mind is our age. <laughs> no, I just wondered if yeah. you could submit it straight to Bill Lynch. Oh, no, 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 no. Dan Nagamere is my editor. He's the editorial no, page just... editor of the Denver Gazette. So I work, I submit mine to him and he runs them. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's been very good to me. He's never said, I don't want to run this. You're or, right. And yeah. you can say, I don't want to answer, but do you think Bill Anschutz proves of Donald Trump? Boy, I don't know. I, knowing of, he is such a, a gentleman and such a, such an honest, 
Per- I just can't imagine he's too crazy about a lot of that, but I have no idea. You've already professed your love and respect for Sean Boyd. Raj Chohan's been a guest. Raj on is my wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Podcast. I, I, he, yes. When he was a reporter, in fact, I frankly knew Raj much better before, and then when he, uh, uh, really than Sean because Raj actually covered politics. Sean did not cover politics when Raj was covering politics. So I knew Raj before Sean, but Sean's. I think Sean's the the preeminent political reporter on who else do you like or not like in local tv uh well i i saw ann trujillo as the result yes. she is she is a great lady she sure is i yeah. put in a nice yeah. mazel top tour you know i was their legal analyst yes, for 10 were. years i remember during that. sean benet and columbine yeah. she grew up in littleton you know and and um, wonderful person no she's a good person and um you know, she actually interned for Senator Bill Armstrong. I did not know in that. college. No, she you're actually ruin her. she worked in Washington for about uh, six months as an intern. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she's a Democrat or Republican, which is yeah, but but she did do that. Um, um, I like um, uh, Marshall Zellinger. I like him at Channel Nine. I, I really do. I think Marshall. He was at Channel Seven before that, and and KRDO and Carter Springs before that. Um, but um, I like the uh, Nick Coltrane and um, Seth Clayman, the two political reporters at the Denver Post. All right, come on. If you're going to talk TV, we have to mention Kyle Clark. I think Kyle is a little bit too caustic for me sometimes. And I now I, I'll tell you what, I he does some powerful pieces on there. Did you see his piece on Proposition HH, the property tax thing is going to be on the ballot? And, and yes, he, how Polis is giving your oh, own money back to you. Oh, right. That is one of the to. most powerful takedowns mm-hmm. I've ever seen on television. Well, there you go. Yeah. What about uh, national TV? What do you watch? Um, I like Dana Perino. I kind of I know her. You know, she's from Colorado. Alice Elementary. Yeah. Is that where she yes. was? She, um, she went to the University of Southern Colorado like I did. And... Um, uh, I think she's just so smart, and and I, I think she does a great job on on, on Fox. Um, Greg Gut- Gutfeld, I think, is entertaining, but he's a little too much for me. <laughs> and um, but uh, 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 Brett Bear, I think, is a, a strong professional, and I enjoy watching him. And um, um, the new. Um, the, the woman who replaced Mike, uh, uh, who replaced Wallace on Shannon Brent. Shannon Brent. I think she's really good. I really do. What about next uh, Bush person, Nicole Wallace? Are you allowed to turn on MSN? I watch her occasionally. She's really good. She, you know, I'm. It's unfortunate Nicole has gone so far to the left after being in the in the Bush White House. I, I don't know why she did. Why well, um, she just married a New York Times reporter? Who she married? I didn't that know. Michael. Uh, Schmidt, who's oh, really? on oh, the show, right? they don't say that they're married. I okay. think I have that right. Okay. We'll okay. cut it out of the podcast. But she's good on wrong. television. I mean, she's very, very good. She's very good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I but I think she's far too far to the left for me. I like Republicans who have come out against Donald Trump. Yeah. I think that shows courage. Yeah. I had yeah. a great dinner last night with Victor Mitchell. Remember when oh, he came yeah. in second to yeah. Walker's table? Yeah. Yeah. Victor. Yeah. yeah. Victor's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the courage that it takes, and mm-hmm. you've faced some blowback. Yeah, What's it did. been like? Me? Yeah. Oh, listen, I'm a rhino. Believe me. I mean, uh, I did a radio show this morning on uh, KVOR in Carter Springs, and um, uh, the uh, I, I I I I always cause a lot of texts and uh, 
a phone call was then trashing me. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, it's I, called yeah. Trump enforcers. Oh, yeah. I worked in the industry for 15 yeah. years, and yeah. I saw the rise of it. Yes. Texting, phone oh, calls. Yeah. You can't say anything against their yeah. dare leader oh, no, no. without them coming after you personally. Yeah. Have you had to take personal oh, shit? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For yeah. you to be called a rhino oh, since no, you've no. been the most successful Republican in Colorado so many leading of, campaign? So many of them, Craig, are frankly kind of ignorant of Colorado political history. I had one guy tell me one day, well, you know, when, back when Owens and Allard won, it was easy for Republicans to win. I'm thinking... Oh yeah, it was really easy. <laughs> it's like where where do these people? But they're not, they're not smart, but they're also mean, and they're yes. bullying. Yes, they're very mean. Yeah, I don't like that. No, I don't either. What so, is your party going to do about Donald Trump? Uh, he's going to be a good chance he's the Republican nominee. I do not think he will win the presidency again, and hopefully the Trump era will end at that point. But I don't I don't know. Let's not leave uh, the media yet without talking about radio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Radio back in the day, radio yeah. now. You're still doing a fair amount of radio. I do. I do. I go on your own partners. Yes. Yeah, I'm on. I hope you get paid for that. No, I don't. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, The in fairness, the whole market for radio, the, the bottom has dropped out of it because yeah. people listen to podcasts, fewer right. commercials, yeah. this and that. but. Back in the day, I'd like to think we had extraordinary influence for oh, Capitalists and Silverman. Oh, I remember that New York Times story they did on you guys. And um, no, I mean, you were the go-to, you guys were the go-to uh, show in the, in the middle of all that. Yeah. Did you like it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. No, I, in fact, I, I came on a couple of times. Oh, I know you did, but um, I don't know if you liked it. Oh, no, no. And um, I was I was putting it on. I was never in the audience. So, but I thought it was pretty special. Oh, it was. It, and, 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 well, you and Dan are, you're both so smart and articulate. I mean, you put you guys in a room. I mean, it's a powerful combination. <laughs> it really, it really was. And, um, no, and uh, I, I remember the day that I heard that they they canceled the show, and I'm thinking, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, no, I mean, I, I real, I, I could not believe my ears when I heard that that uh, you, they had canceled. You well, guys. we had a great run, about eight yeah. and a half years, and I don't think those things are doable these days. Probably not. I probably not. Right, uh, the audience know. won't accept yeah. that yeah. kind of debate format, and frankly, I don't know if I can. Yeah, I don't know if I can debate. Somebody who doesn't see the culpability of Donald Trump for what happened on January 6th. It, it, I, I think that's the unfortunate thing, too, about the Trump era. It, is, it has just changed the whole dynamic of, of politics and public debate. And it's just sad. It's just sad. Right. But the other thing is the demonizing of yes. Democrats. Yes. I don't much like that. That's why I like that picture of when John Hickenlooper mm -hmm. was Democrat mayor and there mm -hmm. was Bill Owens. Mm -hmm. They're throwing a baseball and yeah. Denver and Colorado was doing We were doing great. Yeah. I mean, I get Even I, the Rockies were yeah. doing better. I mean, I do this, uh, uh, this with Sean, this uh, show on Channel 4. We're kind of on a break right now, but- Mike Dino and I had, and we, uh, Mike Dino is a wonderful guy, and we have a great time. He's he's a he's a very partisan Democrat. I'm a Republican, and we don't agree on everything, obviously. But um, I love being on the show with him, and uh, I know that he he's told me that he's gotten some blowback from Democrats for being on that show with me. I mean, it's like, and I, I certainly uh, have gotten some. Uh, of course, I'm a rhino anyway, but uh, but uh, um, but I'm thinking, really, <laughs> so. Well, let's size up U.S. v. Trump. Yeah. 
you're a news junkie. I am. Gosh, mm-hmm. I listen to every yeah. possible podcast. Yeah. And I'm a legal analyst. Really, that was yes, my claim to fame mm-hmm. in the media. And I can see what's coming, just like yeah. this continuance game. Yeah. But I think they have him dead to rights. I mean, is there any doubt that he meant to obstruct that session of Congress? Frankly, there's no doubt in my mind. I, I've been interested in some of the, the analyses I've heard or read that uh, say that it's um, uh, that it's still a high bar to actually win this case. And I, I you know, I'm, I, I just don't know. It's I'm, silly. Yeah. I mean, do you play golf? No. Okay. But yeah. let's say I play golf. Okay. Let's say two guys play golf mm-hmm. and their name is just happened to be Joe and Don right. and the playing partners, Cam and Mike. Okay. Okay, everybody keeps scorecard at the end. Looks like Joe shot mm-hmm. an 88 and yeah. Don shot a 97. Yeah. Yeah. And then Don says, wait, I didn't triple bogey five and 18. They said, well, we all have it down that way. <laughs> and then he says, well, I saw Joe drop a ball out of his pocket. And they said, well, we didn't see that, but we saw you do that three times. Well, I'm not going to sign. Okay, so you have a dispute. It's not a big deal. But then he submits a falsified scorecard. And then because there's a $50 bet, he gets everybody in the locker room riled up, and they go break into Joe's locker. They take the $50, or they try to. I mean, that's what's going on. It's, It's okay to be a nut about a golf score, but when you take action in response to it, holy cow, lawyers out there would say, Oh, it's free speech. You can say whatever. Try that in the bank when you ask for all the money. Well, see, that's the thing. I I read that anal- that that kind of analysis, Craig, and I, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer. Certainly not a constitutional lawyer. And I just look at it and say, really? I mean, it looks it looks pretty clear to me. <laughs> I don't you know. know how you come to an opposite conclusion? How's that? You have a brain like Dave. Let's go, Brandon Williams. <laughs> well, you have MAGA infected brain. Yeah. Well, and. This is, and, and they bring up Hillary Clinton contested her loss or this or that. For a while. For I mean, a while, yeah, and right? She, and then she conceded. Nobody took it where they no, disrupted And I things. know that the one year, I think it was the first Bush win, uh, George W. Bush win, I think uh, the, the senator from California. Barbara, Barbara yeah, Boxer. She wanted to reject the electoral college. Yes. Or but that was like a one day thing. I mean, you know, it's like, I don't know. So, so uh, yeah. I I just think this, as you said, that Joe Biden is uh, a little far left for you. Yeah, he is. Okay. Yeah. How, how did you feel about capital punishment? Oh, I'm in favor of it. I'm did you see the verdict this week? Nobody uh, in the news really covered it, no, but I what, followed what that? it. That? The, the Pittsburgh Tree of Life murderers. Oh, guy yeah, named I'm Bowers. sorry. Yes, 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 yes. I saw that. Death yeah. sentence. Do you know yeah. who obtained that? No. Department of Justice. Okay. All right. Under Joe Biden and Mary Garland. Very good. Very good. Okay. Yeah, very good. The death penalty obtained, just like, uh, you know, Van Sice cleaned up. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Joe Biden is all that far left. And the other thing that I just want to point out, if you read indictment number three, and I know you have, Mm -hmm. Rudy Giuliani met with Donald Trump on November 14, 2020. Okay. After that, various parts of this scheme were deployed, and some of them had Colorado branches. That includes Jenna Ellis. Jenna Ellis. Do you know Jenna Ellis? I met her one time. I don't know her, but um... well, she used to fill in for me. I've met her about a hundred times. Oh, really? I know okay. her pretty darn well. Okay. And it did me no great heart 
pleasure to talk shit about her when she did all the shitty things she did for Trump. And I wrote about it back in December of 2020 because I heard her that second week of November. After that meeting, she came on Dan Kaplan's show and she said, stop this deal. Give money. We're going to stop this deal. The whole thing's been stolen. And she was given carte blanche to swell that. Meanwhile, on another branch of Denver Radio, Randy Corcoran was approached by a guy named Joe Altman, who said, I know the election was fixed because I intercepted an Antifa call and I can prove it. And he took him to his show, Randy Corcoran's show, after he had replaced me, after they took me off for ripping at Donald Trump. They, he was on Corcoran's show. He was on Brockler's show on the weekend. And then he brought him to Peter Boyles, who gave him two softball interviews in November and so that's how the big lie grew out of Colorado. Am I right? Yes, you are. Yeah, it's got that Colorado connection. Yeah. Don't steal this column from me, okay? But- <laughs> no, but uh, and of course Peter Boyles is—he's reformed. <laughs> he has, yeah. but let's talk yeah. about that because I've heard you on with him, yeah. and yeah. he says now he's muzzled because Randy Corcoran has been sued by Eric Coomer from Dominion. Right. So is KNUS, and he took them on for a while. For mm-hmm. a while. And then before he retired, he had Randy Corcoran on. He started fighting big time with Randy Corcoran. Yeah, it's like you and Dave Williams. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said, okay, I'll capitulate. I won't talk about it anymore. The guy is 80 years old. I don't know why you don't. He's say, back on. He, Peter's back on the air. I know he's yeah. got yeah. my yeah. old slot, right, but, right. and he has you on and stuff. But yeah. will he talk about Joe Altman? No, never will talk. Yeah, and I, and I don't know about he that. Afraid, I don't know why. But, he's yeah. afraid to talk about mm-hmm. Joe Altman. He's a scary guy. Yeah. He does that conservative daily. He's got mm-hmm. a big audience. He Michelle Malkin got involved in it too. Peter was smart enough to realize the big lie was a big lie. Yes. Credit right. to him for that. Yeah. But what's he going to do about it? Why not speak out? Don't you think we're in the most critical moment in our lifetimes yeah. when it comes to yeah. American it kind of history? feels that way to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard yeah. Chuck Bonniewell have George Brockler on his podcast. And he said, you know, I'm used to arguing with people because back in prep school, I backed Barry Goldwater and nobody else did. Mm-hmm. And I've heard him talk about that. He thinks the Civil Rights Act of 64 was a big mistake. Mm. And he just never quite accepted that. And that's sort of the attitude of some people mm. Interesting. I didn't in know your that. party. And yeah. if you want to hear about it, Episode 158, Bradley Onishi, a former evangelical minister from Orange County, he traces it back to Goldwater, that kind of brand thing that we started Mm -hmm. to talk about. Mm -hmm. But I just think it's a time of choosing, and that's why I salute you so much. And you know what's impactful about that November 14th start date? That's when Lorraine Martelli got killed in my death penalty case. Ah, 30s, really? Yeah, November 14th, 1984. I remember that so clearly. Yes. So certain dates stand out. That's a big date now in American history. Let's see, one of those killers died, didn't die. Frank Rodriguez after, and that's why I have hope. And then what, yeah. Mm -hmm. He died 18 years later on death row with his last appeal pending. He died of hepatitis C. And what about the other killer? Is he still on death row? Chris Rodriguez got a life sentence uh, earlier on in the case. Okay. And then uh, because there was a continuance, I got put in, and I walked into a Denver courthouse. It was a single murder of this 
54-year-old woman. Oh, she was awful. coming home to take care of her aged oh. and firm mother from the House of Glass, 5th and Broadway. She got carjacked by the Rodriguez brothers. Frank raped her, so did Chris. Frank stabbed her to death at 8th and Decatur, put the body in the trunk, etc. November 14, 1984. I remember. So yeah. I walk into a Denver jury where you say, this is Pat Schroederville, Diana DeGetville. It's liberal Denver. Mm. How are you going to get a death penalty? But you know what? You do a jury selection. You use the law. Mm -hmm. You put on evidence. And people sitting in a jury box may come your way. And 12 mm -hmm. Denverites said, death to you, Frank Rodriguez. I envision 12 District of Columbia residents saying that. Even if that case goes to trial in uh, Florida, I anticipate 12 Floridians, even Republicans, saying, no, you can't do that with classified right. documents. Yeah. And I know what's coming for Trump. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's going to come in time. How, how's this going to play? Just one more thing mm. in your fertile brain. Think about the debates. We're in August, Dick well, Waddams. And, and, and of course, that's going to come. August 23rd is the first presidential debate. Chris Christie, a former U.S. attorney. Can you see him start cross-examining oh, Trump, doing I, favors for Jack Smith? And, and Trump has not said whether he's going to show up or he not. He ain't showing up now. Probably not. Not You're probably right. I wish he would. Wouldn't that be a great night? I mean, um, but... Uh, Christie will be all over that that night, though. I mean, how can be... how can Trump do any debates? Good question. Because the next one is in September at the Reagan Library. I can't remember what. Right? Day. How so, can he do a, a debate against know. Biden when uh, the DOJ is prosecuting him? I, boy, are we in some un, un unscheduled uncharted uh, times? Oh my lord! Yes. Back to yeah. the media. Don't yeah. you think it's important? You're on there, and the, I'm so value you. Because thank you. thank you, Craig. You're standing against the tide in the Republican Party. Is it going to overwhelm you? Is all that you know, water going to get to you? You know, for as far as I'm concerned, Craig, uh, I'm at the stage in my career that I mean, I don't care. I mean, right? You know, I mean, listen, I've uh, I've enjoyed everything I've ever done in this business, so I don't care what the, what happens because I, I. But I think I'm right about this. I hope so. you enjoyed this interview. I did. I did. Thank let you me, so much. Frank. Let me ask you this: in yeah. your entire career, have you ever done a longer interview? No, I don't think so. Well, I hope it was all interesting. <laughs> it was we wonderful. About a lot of you. fun. A lot of fun. One more fist bump. You bet. You Dick bet. Bottoms. Thank you very much. Thank you, Craig. Michael Bailey, a friend, a lawyer, a sponsor. Tell everybody how you bring peace of mind to their life. So by setting up your estate plan, you know what's going to happen to your stuff when you die. You know where it's going to go, you know who's going to get it. We've got everything in place so we're not running to a court to try to get guardianship and conservatorship as quickly as possible. But then it's an orderly proceeding of things. So, you know, there's already enough chaos with the medical emergency, but the legal part of it and who can make decisions is all outlined. It's all set up. So there's, it's like the, the smooth transition of power. That's cool because you can avoid so many problems by having a medical power of attorney and discussing it with a smart guy like Michael Bailey, because who should have this? It's probably somebody close 
Who do you trust most among your children to make that call? These are the hard and good questions that you ask every day, right, Michael? Right. And if you ask them beforehand, when you're not in the middle of a crisis, then when a crisis hits, we're not trying to do crisis management and medical emergency and everything else. We're going, okay, we've got a smooth transition of power here. We've got a smooth who's in charge, and we can have that all flow so that we can focus on the care. There are so many things in life that you can fill out a form and save yourself money, save yourself heartache. Some people die out of nowhere quickly, but more often you get sick, you have medical difficulties, so it all goes together. But your system works, it works beautifully. What is the best way to contact you these days? Best way, uh, you can give me a call. My phone number is 720-394-6887. And again, that's 720-394-6887. Or you can go online to michaeldailylawllc.com. And there is a an appointment page on my website that you can use. So either way is fine. Thanks, Michael. Hey everybody, for all of your legal needs, why not start with me? 734-7156-303-734-7156. I've been practicing law in Colorado for over 42 years. And I know a lot of people. And if I can't do right by you, I can steer you in the right direction. My number, 303-734-7156. Ask for Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims, a voice for people with legal difficulties. Craig. Troubadour. How you doing? Not as good as you, the father of the bride. What a summer for you. It's exciting. Yeah. Tell and I it. just sent you some pictures. What did you send me? Well, although I labeled it wrong, we're in, we are actually in Wisconsin. It's over the border from from uh, Minnesota, and we're staying at uh, our in-laws' summer place on a lake. It's gorgeous. Holy cow! So, but you flew into Minnesota, right? Yes, and we stayed there with Sarah and Nick, and then we drove. It's about two and a half hours up to Wisconsin, and here we are at the lake. And his uh, Frank's uh, French family are here. There's going to be about well, there's, there's like 50 people staying here. And tonight, there'll be a party of 100. How many mosquitoes? I don't know what they did, but there were zero mosquitoes. We sat out last night. How many lakes have you seen, and do they turn you on? Well, yeah, it's a cons- You As you drive in Minnesota and then up towards Wisconsin, there's lakes to the left and to the right. I mean, it's they, what they say is true. The land of 1,000 lakes, it's beautiful. No, it's the land of 10,000 lakes. 10,000. Did I say only 1,000? At least 10,000. But do you want to (laughs) impress people at the party and on the ride back? Thanks to your buddy right here in Colorado. How would I do that, Craig? What you got in mind? There are exactly 11,842 lakes in Minnesota. 11842. If you can remember that, you will impress everybody. You know what? I'll remember I think there are 11842. Isn't that what Trump said? All I need is 11,780 votes. But here it's 11,842. It's very close. I'll recommend they change their license plate. 
You have the perfect song for where you are in the June we just went through in Colorado. All that water. Yes. The, the, right. The wettest June ever recorded. I know, but there's been worse flooding, like the 65 flood is written about by Alan Prendergast, star writer, featured in my column in the Colorado Sun, and my guest, episode 159. He was spectacular. What great feedback we got on that show, Troubadour. Right, and I look forward to reading his book. I was skimming through it when you had it over the other day, but um, that's... Uh, there's a lot of information there about uh, Denver and the whole political, I don't know, the cronyism that was happening 100 years ago. You know what's so cool about it? It's named Gangbuster. And no matter how sales are going, you can always say, hey, it's selling like Gangbuster. I know. They, that is that. Yeah, that is that that, is a That's term. a smart yeah. author. But it, it is going to sell. And someday it'll be a Hollywood project that will make us all proud. Because that book makes us proud, and it leads the way out. And right now, I know you're in Minnesota. I don't want to bring you down, but your song, All That Water, I know it was written about the Boulder flood and all the rescue efforts. But right now, the the word that stands out, one, your music, it's like a dirge at the start. Not like your normal song, right? There's a dirge. I, I hadn't thought of it that yeah, way. Yeah, think but, how sad it starts. And then you use a word that I think is right. appropriate for right now, given what Trump is doing and the MAGA fears we all have, the word abyss. And what's the word? Abyss, A-B-Y-S-S. Oh, abyss, right. Yes, we're right. staring at the great abyss. That's right. But then you get optimistic afterwards, as is your want. You know what you mentioned? What comes after the flood? It's a, it's a, uh, the garden. The garden. You got to get back to your garden party by the lake in Wisconsin, near Minnesota. Trish and I wish yes. you were here, but your house is safe. In fact, I think there are about 15 cars around it. Either you're being invaded or a lot of people are doing stuff while you're gone. They're throwing a party, or they're there to meet Layla. Is it okay if we have the big pool party, I mean, with teenagers and everything over there? Sure, yeah. It's yeah, got it's, a rubber cover on it. We, so already, we already put out the notice. It's the puppy pool party featuring Layla Gunders. We'll look forward to that. All right. We'll try to clean up by the time you get home, okay? <laughs> okay, work on that, because I'll be back Monday. All right. Take care, Troubadour. Love to Nick and Sarah and uh, the mother of the bride as well, the fabulous Lisa Gunders, who let you sneak away for five minutes to do this. Thank you. Yes, of course, Craig. Everybody listen to All That Water, because it's a great song by our Troubadour, Dave Gunders. And I want you to say this, when the sun goes down over the lake tonight, same way we sign off. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. All right, Craig. Thank you. All right, thank you.
Talk to me, love, cause I can't sleep. Dreaming of rain won't stop falling. I look to the sky, watching the creek. In the early dawn, I heard the horses call. I jumped from the porch, man, I can't believe. Falling to a river when the river should be. Made it to the barn, set the horses free. Got them up to higher ground. Tell me now, love, what's that sound? Tearing the roots, the old trees falling. The one that the kids used to play around. When the family got together on a Sunday. It's the place we love. All that water.
Michael, of course, is a great sponsor of my show, but more than that, he's my lawyer, my end-of-life planning lawyer, and I've got two dogs. What about you? I have two dogs right now as well. And not only do you love your dogs at home with your kids and your wife, but you get involved with dog issues in your law practice. Tell everybody about that. So I will write pet trusts, which is you can earmark money to take care of your pets. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they've got their dogs and you know, they love their dogs. But then if somebody were to, you know, if, you're, if you were to pass away, you know, who's going to take your dogs? Who would, who would love your dogs as much as you do? I don't know that anybody would love your dogs as much as you do. But like I grew up with dogs. And so if I were to pass away, then my parents or my siblings could take the dogs. So when you set up a pet trust, you can dictate who's going to get those dogs and then who you can leave money to take care of the dogs as well. I like working with you and I think you are ahead of your time. You have 15 different locations. How cool is that? It is nice to be able to go to all the different locations and, you know, meet people where it's comfortable and more convenient for them. And nobody wants to drive from one part of Metro Denver to the other to meet with a lawyer. You will come to them. Yep. And I'll deal with traffic so you don't have to. Tell us how people can get in touch with you. My direct phone number is 720-394-6887. Or they can go to my website, which is mobileestateplanning.com. And again, that's mobileestateplanning.com. And there's even a schedule, you know, there's a book an appointment link on this on the website. All right, Michael Bailey. Thank you. Okay, here's the thing. You've been hurt. Maybe, God forbid, someone's been killed. You don't know what to do. If it happened in Colorado, please get a hold of me. Check out my website, craigscoloradolaw.com. Craigscoloradolaw.com because I have four decades of experience. Sadly, I've helped a lot of people who have been hurt terribly through no fault of their own. 303-734-7156. Please call Craig. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. 303-734-7156. Hey, I told you this would be a great show. And once again, we deliver all the way from Wisconsin slash Minnesota. Dave Gunders, land of 10,000 lakes. Thank you, Troubadour. Dick Wadhams, really appreciated you coming over. You are high class, which is kind of a rare thing these days in the Republican Party. And isn't that sad? Well, things can change. Artificial intelligence and all of that. I really hope that you like this podcast. If you do, tell a friend, subscribe. Five stars on Apple really makes the world a better place. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening. Tune in live every Saturday morning, 9 to noon, Mountain Time. Visit thecraigsilvermanshow.com for the podcast, blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to be updated when new episodes are available. This has been The Craig Silverman Show. <laughs>